Zero to Hear podcast fans, welcome back on tonight's show. A very good friend from high school, Evan Moore, just came back from running the New York City Marathon, which is wildness. Uh, Runs a fitness shoe company in uh, Burnaby as well. We had a great conversation. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, Leave us a review. Hit the subscribe button. We want to hear from you guys. We love you. Enjoy. Podcast. Yeah. How do you... I like talking about this because I basically only listen to podcasts in terms of like receiving content. Like I don't really read much. Yeah. But like how do you consume content? Um, how do you educate yourself? I'm a big app news guy. Okay. Podcast. Like which ones? Um, I just go to my Google News. Um, my score, that's sports more. Um, and then actually I watch the news. Like I record the national at 10 o'clock every night on CBC and mm. either watch in the morning. Um, basically if it's sports or, or news, I've, I, I pay attention a lot to the U S politics was pretty into the election that we just had. Mm. Um, so it's really what we what Laura and I watch. It's, it's, yeah, it's news, sports, and then a couple junk ones here and there. Were you into any of the local people? Uh, a lot less so. <clears throat> more a lot just less so. Federal? More on the federal, more on the bigger topics. Um, and maybe I'm I'm overlooking that aspect, but I just, I, I question the influence that they actually have. 100%. Yeah. The system is so flawed, and I don't know what the right system is, but no. the fact that I have to vote for someone who ha- makes little to no difference locally and I don't get to vote for the prime minister, doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, and definitely I, I don't know the right system. I don't know even necessarily what's completely wrong with the system, but the fact that I'm not checking a certain name that mm-hmm. I want to run a country, it, it seems awkward and seems weird. On the is that, box. is that an option to have two? Mm-mm. Why not? Cause then you're cheating. No, 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 no. I mean yeah. like, why can't you have like a, a ballot? federal one and a provincial one? Yeah. But then, yeah. what if you vote for two different pot- parties? How does that work? Why isn't that okay? So who would you who would run your BC one? It would be a different person than your federal one. How would that work? I don't know. And this is the big dilemma. So say <clears throat> say Ontario has three times the population of everywhere yeah. else. Yeah, it's basically why are we even voting? It's whoever Ontario votes for. So this at least breaks it down a little bit and allows small territories to represent more. I could be way off. I'm. I'm I hope there's somebody because no, then so you, the, you have like smaller towns that actually get like a seat, right? Exactly. Or a say. Mm-hmm. So the individual votes aren't as important. So they don't weight it by... In small towns. By... They weight it... They put some sort of weight towards... Based on your population, region. you have a number of seats, right? Yeah. So you're... Yeah, they definitely weight the heavier ones a little higher, but they're... Um, but they want to make sure that, yeah, all regions have a say. And just because there's a county of, say, 150 people... Um, which is maybe a 1% of a lower mainland sort of district, at least that 150 people adds up to one vote or one chunk, sort of thing. Right. Because there needs to be heard, needs need to be heard too. What did you think about the candidates this year? Um, 
I never talk about politics. So, yeah. And this is probably the first election that I actually paid attention to. Okay. Okay. And based on your uh, history of listening to the news yeah. and reading the news, yeah. you're probably much more educated than sure. I am. But I'm still just curious. Yeah. So, so I thought it was, it's so tough. Like this time, like with all the social media, it's so tough for these guys or girls to be the perfect candidate. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of the narrative is around how like, boy, you're picking the best of the worst sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure in this sort of transition phase of like politics has gone so social, what the next 10 years looks like and maybe it's going to be perfected, but I think a lot of people are scrambling and aren't sure how many times they should be on the cover of the Rolling Stones being cool versus like disappearing and being lame and actually getting shit done sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And what gets you votes and what actually progresses um, the country or, or your values sort of thing. But um, yeah, I certainly thought that the conservatives had a chance mm -hmm. that this was their chance. Like um, Trudeau was weak and, and, I would say the conservatives sort of botched it. Um, even though, like they said, they won the popular vote sort of thing. So, Yeah, um, same as Trump in exactly. the U.S. in exactly. 2016, right? So, yeah, it was, it was, it was sour. Um, and I think a lot of people who did vote red kind of did it kind of saying with much less excitement than they had when they brought Trudeau in. Um. Uh, that was definitely the vibe. And I think he's kind of realizing it. I think he's kind of like, all right, okay, I had my little victory lap on on my first go and now I, I've got to get some shit done and, and move forward with some stuff. And I think the fact that he's a minority government has sobered him up and is forcing him to play ball with these other guys. So. Do you think the voters are sour? Just they felt like they had to vote for Trudeau because they didn't like the other option? Yeah, I think so. Um, what did people not like about Sheer? There was obviously there like people brought up the homophobic thing and all that kind of garbage from like, but that was like, wasn't that like a 15 or 20 year ago thing that he said? Yeah. And that's like, when do we put a cap on some of these, some of these things, right? Like yeah. <clears throat> the Trudeau picks, <clears throat> the Trudeau picks and the black face and or brown face. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I feel like probably at some of my elementary school parties, there were parents or kids like dressed up like that. And you wouldn't have even thought it twice about it. And it wouldn't have it. even been. And if, and if he's in a room full of people who thought that was okay and didn't call him out at the time and the, he won best prize or at the costume or whatever, yeah. then he's going to do it again. And then you mine or go and find these tiny little photos that now are no longer acceptable. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm in the wrong sort of, position to like comment on what i think is acceptable in that because i'm in in a different category um but but yeah like when can we kind of say like yeah it was it was acceptable back then it wasn't it was and now it's definitely not i would never do it right i think so many of us could look back and like think of what we said or what we did 10 15 years ago and like kind of be like well i would never say that again especially for us now that we're supposedly much more educated adults, but like looking back 15 years when you were a kid, you were just so influenced by what other people were doing. Exactly. Right? exactly. What other people thought was okay. Yeah. Like 15 years ago, like yeah. even just like the idea of calling someone gay or something like that. Exactly. No one said anything about it. No. 
So yeah. obviously there was times that you can think back and just be like, oh, I pr like, I shouldn't, I would never say that anymore. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty, uh, what's the line? And How far do you go back and say, okay, well, this was not necessarily socially frowned upon. Yeah. 15 years ago, should we really be bringing up this photo or yeah. what Shear said in this interview or whatever? Yeah. And I think that's why they're in such a tough position because they have half the population of a country looking for a reason to yeah. bring them down sort of thing. But I think as, as, a, as a normal person, I think we have to continue to like realize mistakes and, and know who we are and be confident with that and what our values are and kind of own it. But I'm thankful I don't have somebody combing over every single <laughs> thing or I'm thankful that I wasn't, didn't have Twitter or Instagram when I was 10 to 18 years old sort of thing. Yeah. Thank God. Eh? Right? You think of these like draft picks who, yeah. who like 15 years ago, you one quoted a lyric yeah. or something or, or one sentence and it's like draft status goes down. Um, but it's such a, boy, we're, we're jumping into a sensitive topic because, because definitely I don't stand for any of that. And so it's kind of, it's tough to, and I don't think it's up to, to um, yeah, I wonder who it's up to, to when is the grace period? It's like, oh, from now on sort of thing or what think of the hockey coach where it's like 15 years ago mm -hmm. and you'd ask him now and it would of course he's going to say i would never do that but you know maybe he has grown out of that or or realized and educated himself and brought himself out of that opinion but, i like the sensitive topics most yeah. people aren't willing aren't open to talking about that. yeah 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 but it, it kind of well i i just don't really care I want to make opinions. I want to have opinions, but yeah. I also want to hear what other people think about interesting things like yeah. politics. Yeah, yeah. I think my only concern is sounding naive and sure. Um, yeah, and like because <clears throat> I know there's a huge amount of people who have suffered through generations of mm. of pain and stuff, and I realize how privileged I'm at, I am. So I kind of think my opinion doesn't matter too much on that sort of topic. Mm. Um, whereas Whereas, yeah, the politics side, I think Sheer too, like he, yeah, sure, that was a long time ago, but even his approach to abortion laws, I think, caught him up a little bit. Mm. Um, I think they tried mm. to go and find a, a Trudeau in their party and with a smile and a dimple and a family and and tried to just duplicate that sort of thing. And I didn't think it came across very genuine, um, which what, I think stumbled. What percentage of their policy list do you think is party driven versus like actual personal opinion because i feel like again slightly uneducated perspective yeah. but like the people at the top of the party yeah. are seem just like they're puppets yeah yeah I, and i think the only re reason they get there is because they're willing to be puppets yeah if someone is has a strong opinion and it kind of wants to go off on their own yeah they just don't move up in parties yeah yeah, and I think that was proven with um, Bernier, who thought he should have gotten up there, and he said, and maybe he wasn't uh, willing to be a puppet master, and so he started his own party and tried to run on his own sort of thing and got like less than 1% of the vote. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think it is it is a big, It's it's got to be something, someone you can sell who who is who I think still has to be the best of the best. Like that's a tough gig to be under the totally. spotlight and all those things. But yeah, I, 
I would guess a pretty small percentage is actually really driven by the individual, which is probably not the worst thing in the world. Really? Well, think about giving one individual that much more power. Sure, we're voting for him, but um, all it takes is one kind of crazy idea or, or one thing that they feel so passionate about that they can just kind of have overall rule. I think Doesn't at it, least dispersing that power a little bit is, is useful. Do you think it stop, like slows down progression though? Because you have to get hundreds of people on board rather than like, I guess at that point, then you're talking about, well, why is this person's opinion stronger than the party's opinion or whatever? Right? Exactly. And then is it a check system too of like, I don't know, is, yeah, is it a, a way to check like, all right, that's going too far or yeah, the thing that you are pitching, 55 of the hundred of us believe in it and let's, let's move forward sort of thing. Right. I think it definitely slows things down. Um, but I'm not sure it's a terrible thing. I'm not sure it's a terrible thing. Yeah. I, I, I see value in that. I think we're kind of in this transition period of things coming up from the past, right? Yeah. 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 Because of how crazy social media has blown up yeah. and just the advancement of technology. Yeah. Do you think long-term though, it's, it, it's going to make people better because, uh, and the reason I'm asking this is because like, 15, 20 years ago, Trudeau went to that party with, you know, the makeup on, even if he thought it was borderline okay at the mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. he probably wasn't super concerned about it ever biting him in the ass no. because Instagram didn't exist. Exactly. Whereas if you go to a party today dressed like that, or you're probably sitting at home thinking, someone's going to take a photo of this. It's going to live on the internet forever. <laughs> For sure. I'm probably going to make a different decision. For sure. So I almost think it's like, it's making people better. It's making people, or you can't really hide anymore. You can't hide poor choices anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And expose them. I think it, it'll, it makes you check yourself again. Like where am I at sort of thing? Or you're um, Donald Trump and you just say, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the crazy thing to think about. Like what are, what is society or what are we doing right now that in 10 years will we look back and like, can you believe we did 100%. that? And, like, what did I see? Um, Victoria's Secret fashion show got canceled this year. Yeah, I saw that. And, um, and like... Why did it get canceled? Well, you're marching fucking, like, you're just displaying women. You're putting them up on a pedestal like they're a mm. piece of meat, let alone the body shaming and, and what the message tells. And I, I feel like in 10 years, we're going to look and, like, our kids are going to look and be like, so you guys actually watched, like, this actually happened? no way sort of thing and it was on at eight o'clock on you know nbc or whatever and you're like yeah can you believe it and replayed multiple times and throughout replayed, the year people exactly. taped it <laughs> and, and like that was that was yeah like you were whatever an angel like that sort of stuff like what are we doing or what is society calling acceptable right now that um that'll be like holy shit that happened no way sort of thing like smoking on a plane <laughs> or like there's so many that are like no way like whereas if yeah if somebody's on their balcony smoking i'm like what the hell sort of thing <laughs> now right which is i don't know that's crazy to think about all those all those weird little things that are and i guess it can go the other way like can you believe weed was illegal and it was it wasn't allowed sure. and all of those things like what are, it's kind of weird to think about
Yeah. Because it's it's impossible for us to think about, obviously we never lived through it, but it's impossible to think of how liquor was illegal at one exactly. point. Prohibition. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. It's so common yeah. in society. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do tonight? Oh, let's go grab a Everyone. beer. Everyone. Right? Yeah, always. It's, Anytime you go it's out. Like it's like a social meeting thing is to is. go grab a it beer is. or it whatever. Is. Absolutely. If, if you don't drink, then you're the weird one. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like life is, it would be tough as somebody who's sober yeah. by choice or not sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, it is weird. And I think it is happening quicker and quicker. And these sort of, these norms are changing and what's acceptable is, is moving pretty quickly. Wait, so there's going to be no more female models? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I was like, whoa, let's bring this back. <laughs> I, I, like, need, I need a little more explanation. <laughs> I was like, do I need to delete the last four years of the uh, fashion show off my PVR? <laughs> thank God, yeah. Thank God I've got it saved on a <laughs> hard drive. <laughs> um, I, I think it's just the show. I don't know. I'm sure they're still going to make uh, underwear. And, and <laughs> bikinis and stuff i just i don't know like i get like it's like th- their bodies or whatever but they put so much work the diet it's so yeah. much effort right that's like me seeing lebron and be like nah that's i can't i can never be that let's cancel sure, basketball sure, let's yeah, get yeah. some accountants in the nba or whatever right yeah yeah, but yeah i just i don't think it works that way yeah that's a good point i guess when you see somebody who's like an ultra athlete and right like, does that discourage young girls or boys of like i can never get there and for sure like shit. i understand why there's a difference with models i mean right yeah i guess it's I hard guess, work i guess the the only thing is like would you really be bullied if you didn't look like a jacked athlete over would you really be bullied if you it to- didn't look like the token girl that everybody is or guys should look like that probably depends though too in terms of like what school you go to if you go to a school that is like a sports school, a football, mm-hmm. basketball school, yeah. if you're not a jock, if you're not an athlete, yep. you're getting bullied, probably. Exactly. But everyone wants you're to look like LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> I want to look like DK Metcalf. <laughs> pretty Have close. you seen that guy? With a shirt off? He's like, he's the new receiver, the uh, rookie receiver on the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. He's like 6'5", 230, and he looks like a clay model of a man. Jesus Christ. He sounds amazing. So jacked. <laughs> yeah. He's 23 too. Like it doesn't make sense. I I do not believe he's 23. He's got to be 30. There's some he's TRT or some shit going yeah. on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, 23 is prime though. Like he's got to be, or is it just the facial features or he's like a LeBron type. <clears throat> just like those, body it's just type, a freak. Right? Yeah. Just a free yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. LeBron at 18 had a full beard and yeah. was just a exactly. huge man. Exactly. Yeah. And then kept going. Like he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, if you watch LeBron from like first cab days and even the heat, like he wasn't, he wasn't as strong as he yeah, is. He looked now. skinny. Yeah. 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 He looked pinner for sure. Yeah. 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 But in high school, watching his dunk tapes, do you remember watching those? Like, yes. Is he, how old is he? 36, 37? 34, I think. 34? Yeah, yeah he's like okay. 33, 34. So he's a few years older than us. So when we were in high school, mm-hmm. li- hearing about this LeBron James guy, yeah, we're yeah. like in grade 10. Cover slam. We're like super skinny white dudes yeah. in Vancouver. Yeah. Watching LeBron James dunk tapes in high school, mm-hmm. jumping from like just inside the free throw line yeah. on people. And then lowering my hoop in the front yard to like <laughs> four feet. <laughs> we're using those little trampolines yeah yeah exactly yeah. and still being able to barely do anything yeah exactly and still friend rimming it yeah, yeah. yeah. i bet yeah. phil was out there with you guys of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> or was phil getting dunked on dad come on here i want to practice my dunks yeah yeah right 
<laughs> that's good. Do but, you, have you, you said you paid a lot of attention to us stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And still do. Do you, do you like any of the underdog candidates? The like one off? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty hilarious to see how many people are running. Um, I guess the one like good thing that you think of when you bring somebody so shitty at their job, <laughs> like, like, um, Trump is, is I think it's a bit of a reset and it, it'll kind of like, um, you got to hit rock bottom, I think, before you realize what you had or what you could be or should be sort of mm-hmm. thing. And so I think people will look around, hopefully they'll look around and be like, yeah, we can't do this and we need to make a change. Um, I think people were sick of like, like pure career politicians too. Just like the same families that have been around forever and just have these fucking foundations and all that shit. It's so sketchy, right? And you hear some crazy shit about the Clintons. Oh my God. Like it's insane. And body lists and and all that shit. Yeah, just like whatever happened to that person. It's like, oh, they they The journalists that disappear. Yeah. You hear things all the time. It's insane. But everyone just glances over it and then Donald Trump's the bad guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Like he, he, he brought a refreshing take. Like, you know, media... And and people who get paid to to write and talk about this are are loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, look at the but, state of like media right now. Everything is like on on the twenty four hour clickbait cycle. Yeah, just whatever news, whatever's going on. You have like those titles that just grab your attention. You start reading, and it's just it's all fluff. It's all yeah. crap. It's nothing. Exactly. But that's like everything, right? You need eyes on your fucking magazine, your paper, whatever, to make money to be successful. So exactly. what are you, what are you willing to do for that? Exactly. And that's probably what he exposed the most to, to get in into leadership, right? Is um, there a way to win at that position, though? Like, Joe Rogan talks about this. Joe Rogan has interviewed a bunch of the candidates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to most. Yeah. 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 And he, one thing he always comes back to is he's like, why do you want to do this job? Yeah, I know. I know. Even if you're the best president ever, most of the country hates you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you come out of office and, and you're a loser. Yeah. People, people don't like you. Yeah. Even if you've been super successful, you've taken us out of debt or like our debt's gone anything. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a, there, I, I feel like it always, it gets better. It's like once you're, you're gone, I feel like even like Bush Jr. looking back, like, hey, it was pretty good sort of thing. And it's, it's so, so during, true. you looking can't back, win. but not during, yeah. not during, you can't, you literally can't. But dude, people were hating on Bush, like the Kanye thing. Like there's so many songs about him, right? Just going to war in Iraq. Exactly. But now people look back, they see Trump and like, oh, maybe he wasn't too bad. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look at that cute little guy. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he had some funny speeches at the podium. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I feel like during there's like, there's no win. There's no way. Um, yeah, that's, it's cr- kind of weird to think about. Even towards the end of Obama, people were like kind of ready to move on sort of thing and, and were pissed about it. But I mean, he tried to bring free healthcare to the country and they were still pissed at him. So <laughs> how do you win? Right. But there's some pretty crazy platforms that these guys are running off, like mm-hmm. wiping out stu- school debt. Just like from now on, nobody owes a Who's thing. Who's that one? Sanders. Yeah. Okay. Um, and a couple of the other young people. Um I have to say, I hope Biden doesn't win because he gives no, me the vibe he's of that fucking weird that politician. Mm-hmm. He's he's had some weird comments in the news that are just way off, like like dissing military and and stuff. That okay, whether or not you're the best candidate, you you gotta still try to play the game and win, right? And and you can't in America talk bad against military or that sort of stuff. <laughs> so polarizing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Who's isn't there, he not even like? 
top five though no i think he's favored to mm-hmm. to win the democratic party is he yeah yeah who else would be i don't know it's like him sanders Andrew i'm not sure <laughs> yeah yeah the asian guy yeah uh i'm not sure is tulsi democrat yeah yeah i'm not sure america's ready for a female no um she sounds so confident when she I is know. on those platforms though i know she thinks she's gonna win i guess you have to say those things yeah. but yeah, Who, exactly. who's number one on the republican side right now i it's, guess it's Donald? still trump that, i think he's the only one there's no one else uh no they're they're still riding him i think they'll introduce somebody late mm-hmm. but he he's not even going up against anybody and i i wouldn't be surprised if he wins again and has another four years uh, I, could, crazy, I could see that happening i wouldn't easily. be surprised at yeah. all yeah i was down in austin last week in texas and talking to a bunch of americans and they're like wouldn't be surprised there's still such a hardcore group of americans that love them and it's sad because they're the group that vote mm-hmm. whereas the people who hate trump don't really vote or they just like oh yeah we hate trump okay i hate trump too sort of mm-hmm. thing right mm-hmm. where it's whereas it's like that middle america white person who loves trump and shows up to the polls every year and votes and, <clears throat> and gets it done so i thing. was listening to uh joe rogan podcast that posted in the last week or two and this guy was uh a journalist i don't know where he was but anyway they were talking about the 2016 election and going into the actual election, the Democrats specifically held back like poll results and what was actually happening at campaign rallies and all this kind of stuff just so they didn't scare their supporters. Right. So they were going into the election saying like, oh, you know, we really think we're going to win. We're way ahead. We're not really concerned at all. When in fact, he, this guy, this uh, journalist guy was saying like, it was pretty clear that Trump was ahead. Right. Like people weren't happy with Hillary. They just fucking botched it. So like they were holding back information from the public who yeah. may get someone off their couch to actually exactly. vote if they yeah. think Trump's going to win. Yeah. And they, they screwed it all up. That's you got all your campaign has to be is like, you're going to actually vote for this guy or look, this guy's winning. Let's take action. Let's exactly. move forward sort of thing. But they're yeah. almost too proud to admit that going into it. Yeah, like... Which is crazy to think yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. First of all, that they're holding that information back is kind of screwed up. Yeah, it is odd. Yeah, because yeah. I think when those were coming out, Trump was boasting all of that information, mm-hmm. saying, I am there, I am there. And you kind of like, well, he's just talking out his ass. That's fake mm-hmm. sort of thing. And but, this guy was saying, like, the journalists have the inside scoop because they're going to all these campaigns. Right. They're going to all the talks. And they'd say, Trump would fill arenas. Right. There's 17,000 people at... At his right. talks, whereas Hillary would get like 3,000 people. Right, right. Uh, there's a bit of a disconnect You're there. see that, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do still think it had a, a gender play there too. Not only like the career family politician <laughs> BS, but yeah. I, 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 I think that um, it's sad to say I don't think they were ready for a female president. Yeah, just crazy. Do you like any of the... Like UBI is an interesting one with Andrew Yang. UBI. Universal Basic Income. Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. do you listen to his podcast yeah, with yeah, yeah. Rogan? He's he his idea is to give every single American a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Welfare. But everyone qualifies. Yeah. So if you make three million dollars or fifteen thousand dollars a you year, you still get that. You still get a thousand. You have to opt out of it. Right. Which is interesting. So one of Rogan's things is like, well, how much money is that? There's 360 million people or whatever it is yeah. times a 
dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. What's those numbers, Carl? We were looking at trying, trying to find it. Yeah. Okay. Just and use your abacus over there. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting to say the word abacus for a long time. Carry the three. <laughs> <laughs> but where's that? Like, where's that money coming from? Kind of thing. <clears throat> and is that actually going to help people? Right. Is twelve thousand dollars going to help someone? And so Andrew Yang's thing is like technology is taking over a lot of um, jobs, low so. level jobs. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That like people need to survive. Yeah. Or is that just going to go right to Apple things. and people are just going to be buying shit and just well, the thing or getting lazy and not working because it's like, Hey, I can make 12 G's work and throw some sort of half-assed part-time job and kind of get by sort of thing. But at yeah. least it goes back into the economy, right? I mean, yeah. if they're just spending like six, $7 trillion on fucking war efforts and all that shit, exactly. where's that money going? Exactly. I don't know if you have like, I guess food, you don't have to worry and like a roof over your head. I feel like you can do so much more. Yeah. Yeah. It just takes care of so many issues and you can focus on so many other aspects of your life. Yeah. Maybe but that needs to be like, like food stamps and like rent things, not actual hard cash that they but can the th go and do whatever they want. With. The thing is, no matter what, people are just going to take advantage of it. Right. Always. There's totally. always those people. Totally. So like to find that balance is going to be, it's going to be tough. Absolutely. For me, it's still the healthcare piece that like just doesn't make any sense to me. Like how like people are driving down to Mexico to buy insulin for their kid who's diabetic. That is insane. Which is just so sad. <clears throat> You're going to Mexico to get reliable, cheap drugs sort of thing. Or, or, um, it's just big pharma has so much pull. Yeah, that's exactly it. And yeah. that's, I think that's goes along the lines of like the, the career politician who just, um, yeah, just like, it's a system and they'll just fall in line and make sure a certain group, the gun lobbyists and everybody get what they need and keep going sort of thing. But again, like, again, to me, that seems like such a party thing, like moving up in the democratic party or the whatever Republican right. party, you're, right, so there's you're the argument just told for the... that like, look, we want you to be one of the presidential candidates, yeah. but this is how it's going to go. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's the argument for like the allowing somebody to like, do the opposite of what the party says or like yeah this isn't working we're going to go this way and maybe it does take again hitting rock bottom and lo losing to somebody like fucking trump to be like all right <laughs> clearly we need to shake it up the population wants something different let's just be honest or something mm -hmm. like that you'd hope that be the case but why did trump even want this position i mean president of the united states is pretty badass <laughs> It's all ego, new, man. He's got the new codes. He's got it all. Like he's one of what? How many presidents are there? There's been like yeah, right, fifty or something like that. Five or something. Yeah, yeah. one of fifty-five human beings ever. All the insider alien information. Exactly. So it's just ego. I'm gonna go ego. I think he's. <laughs> I think he's growing his brand, too. Yeah, which is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. It's a good business move. Good business move. Exactly. He's trying to like host all of like the Congress things through his like hotel in Florida. <laughs> it gets up his bookings. And <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's got to be straight ego. But hopefully, it doesn't turn on too much of like this Kanye running, and like I hope it doesn't go that way, where it's literally no longer politicians, and mm -hmm. now it's just like somebody who it turns into instagram it's a exactly. popularity contest exactly yeah yeah which is kind of wild to think about but is that bad yeah I mean, politicians I think, man yeah i know 
I know, but you think of like the social work and the healthcare and the stuff that these people are, the foreign policy, the, mm -hmm. that like these people have, I have no idea how to <laughs> make work and you just throw like. Totally, even the relationships with other, other countries. Exactly. Like, exactly. Kanye's just going to piss everyone off. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you could say is like, good, well, we want to piss everybody off and shake it up, but come on. Yeah. Do you really want Kanye in charge of whether or not to bomb ISIS? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or like Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're all in agreement that we should bomb ISIS. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, for, uh, again, it's like the healthcare fact. Like the, the fact that the, it's acceptable for them to, if you see somebody dying on the side of the road, let, if you break it down, to the fact that you have to force people to pay and people are dying because they can't afford to get access to basic level drugs. You're basically saying you're walking past somebody on the sidewalk who's literally dying and being like, sorry, dude, you, you're dead and I'll keep walking sort of thing. And whereas in Canada, we're, we're all saying collectively, I'll throw a penny together and we'll, we'll get you what you need sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And they're doing the opposite of that, mm -hmm. which is wild. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about you. Okay. You just ran a marathon. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was trying to do the calculator. Marathon is 42 point something kilometers? 42.2. 42.2. So yeah. I'm going to say that is roughly 28 kilometers more than I've ever run at one period of time. Yeah. So basically three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a we lot can. of kilometers. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it adds up. It's, it's nothing, uh, it's nothing absurd. Like you hear nowadays, these people who are doing, yeah. oh, yeah. like, oh, I ran my 50k and the like Moab and yeah, 200 and miles and the 200. And, uh, so it almost like the marathon's like discount. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, the <laughs> undergraduate degree of, of running. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? Everybody's got one. One of, uh, again, back to Joe Rogan, I listened to a lot of his, he had yeah, some ultra marathon runner guy. Yeah. Do you remember this guy? Four Cam Haynes marathons in a row. Sub Cameron Haynes is that? No, Miller. I think pretty recently he broke the twelve-hour hundred mile. He broke the uh, hundred mile time. It was and, like eleven hours and thirty minutes or something. Yeah, and the longest distance ran in twelve hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred four miles or something like that. Anyway, so do you hear what he did? He did the equivalent of four straight sub three hour marathons oh yeah back to back to back, to back. <clears throat> i just did one in three hours and 59 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and i was done for a week <laughs> i ran four in a row at tw like 25 percent faster than me did you listen to that podcast then? yeah most of it most of so it so in the there TV says, kind of got boring and was just like talking yeah. about nothing but yeah yeah in there he said that the marathon that distance is the hardest race because right. it's just short that. enough that you're trying to push yourself the entire time. Yeah. Uh, and it's long enough, obviously, to kill you if you go too fast at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's funny because in my world... So um, you basically did the most difficult thing in running in, sure, in the I'll history. Sure, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. But in my world, it's funny because it's... I always talk about it with people at the store and through our run club and stuff. It's, it's like you can race a half marathon, but you survive a marathon. So I think for most people, they're... For a yes, lot of yeah. people, the the change to the marathon distance takes time away and no longer is it like a time and how fast. It's like you complete a marathon. Very seldom is it like what time right. did you do the marathon in? It's no, you did the marathon. Whereas this guy's just 
everything on the next level. So it's a little bit different. It, yeah, it, a lot different. So, um, but I definitely, definitely, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would hear that and and think like, oh, marathon, well, you do race and in Boston qualifying and all that, and I'm just not. I can't take myself that serious enough to to care that much. This was a Jeffrey Miller, right? Uh, it was like the four or five days, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was within the last week or so. <clears throat> yeah, but how do you want it to do a marathon? No, not really. You just got offered, yeah, and you're like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so I always was like, oh, if I ever run a marathon, I better want to because to train for it. Yeah, it's not really the day of. That's like the haze in the barn at that point. You've done. You hope to have done the work. But it's the training that was like the biggest tax on on your body and your life and everything. So definitely no, I was like not it was not on my radar. I was like one day maybe sort of thing. But then when you get an offer to run the New York Marathon, which is one of the six majors, never been to New York before, you can't say no. Yeah. So you say yes. And luckily I was heading in. So I found that out. Race was November third. Uh, I got the offer mid-August which usually is not much or not enough time to actually train and do it properly but luckily I was it's training two and a half months for, well it depends on where you're at right yeah but I I was training really hard for a half marathon in the middle of August ah, okay. so I had a solid base that I could then just exactly launch into that marathon training whereas if I was like in the 10k thing it, it would have been a struggle I would have completed it you, you can complete a marathon anybody really can but um it's how much do you enjoy it and how much yeah, is it actually completing it sort of thing? Do you really enjoy running for four hours? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <yeah. laughs> that's And that's, hey, that's where I got listened to a heck of a lot of podcasts and yeah. training and all of that sort of thing. But uh, sure. I really enjoyed running four hours through New York. Totally. Uh, and there was like, they, from start to finish, so every other race I've ever done is like, there's a group of people at the end. There's maybe a group of people at like, a corner where it's easy to get to the finish line and watch them again, watch runners go through again. This from start to finish, there was three to 10 people lining the course the whole way. The whole way. The whole entire way. So it was like loud and screaming from start to finish. It How was, many people are run it? 53,000. That's a lot of people. Yeah, so it's like bigger than the Sun Run Marathon. How do you thing. start? Do you have different start times? Yeah, so it's huge like crowd. So like my start time was 10 after 10 in the morning. And I got to the start line at 7.30 in the morning. Holy shit. Yeah, and that's like, they are like, you better get there. And they like, so yeah, and and you have to ferry out to Staten Island. You wait there and it's like a little village. There's like blue village, green village, orange village. And there's washrooms and coffee and snacks. And then you basically, I brought like 10 layers of clothing that I just sat and like was sitting on a grassy field for two hours. (laughs) And then just like peeled it off and then went and ran. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. And it's just waves and crowds and crowds. So I think the first, the elites went off at nine. And I was probably half of the, halfway through the pack and I went off at 10, 10. So like people weren't starting till 11 or so. And they just like corral you out sort of thing based on finish time and, and all that sort of stuff. Or estimated finish time. Yeah. So... Yeah, so it's like a huge production. Like, I don't know if you've ever been run the Sun Run. It's you get there and like the gun goes off and it's, oh, it's underway. And it's literally an hour before you like shuffle to the front and then your race starts, sort of thing. So people like finish before most people start, which is pretty hilarious. I, the Sun Run's like 10,000 people. 
No, Sunrun's like 42. Yeah. It's that big? Yeah. Oh, it's shit. it's like, it's big. the biggest 10K in Canada and one of in North America. It's dwindling, but it's, yeah. It's and it doesn't there. have start times. It does have like corrals, but you have to be in your corral at right. a certain time. So it's, that, that's why, like I still had to be there at eight o'clock, I think was the latest I could get into the village, but then I just had to wait. That's, yeah. That doesn't seem ideal for trying to, and that's the one thing that I was race. nervous about on the race days is all my training was like, I would get up and start running by 5.30, 6, 6.30 sort of thing mm-hmm. and get up, go to the bathroom, maybe throw a little bit like a scoop of peanut butter or some overnight oats in and then, or a piece of toast with peanut butter on it and then just start running. Cause it's like, I don't have time to like <laughs> sit around and wait and do all this. So like I had to go to work after. And then you didn't have three hours to sit on a grassy knoll. Exactly. And just park Weird. it. And so, and so that was always, and so then you plan like, and I tried to make sure bathroom breaks worked and all of this sort of stuff. And then I was, it was like two weeks of the race. I was like, I didn't do any long run where I woke up, ate something, waited three hours, see where bathroom break came ate something what do i do eat again and then run so i was nervous about that but sort of planned it out and and it worked and but i think between seven while i was at the start line i think i went, went to the porta potties like four times just to like i don't i do not want to have to stop yeah. or, or anything <laughs> half an hour of, in exactly yeah. <laughs> so i'd like literally the lineup so long for the bathroom like go get in the bathroom do my thing and just walk to the back of the line <laughs> and just do it again just to like just remove all doubt. <laughs> just peace of mind. Yeah. You're just sitting there by yourself? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I, what was it? Two podcast. and a half hours? You're just listening to music? Yeah. Podcast. Music, podcasts. It was hilarious. There's one guy, like loud American guy, like yelling into his phone about his like his uh, Sunday football bets. I, I don't know <laughs> if it was his bookie he was on the phone with or what. He's like, yeah, yeah, I like, I like the Titans. And he's just like screaming. He's like, okay, let's do that. And like, I don't know. It, they're going to fuck me again. And like on and on. And like. It was so funny, but, uh, but yeah, it was so cool to run. So you go through all five boroughs, you run Staten Island into Brooklyn through the Bronx, you touch into Manhattan, then you go to Queens and then you finish Manhattan. So Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Manhattan. And it was hilarious to see how many, like the population of spectators change through <laughs> through those areas. Like Brooklyn was like hipsters with beards and yeah, glasses, yeah. like drunk at brunch. <laughs> and then, yeah, it definitely changed throughout. I think through Bronx, there was this, the funniest one was this one guy uh, who was just on a corner and he had like a microphone and an amp and like a massive spliff or doobie or something. And he's just like blazing on it. And then he's just like with the microphone, you got it. That's it, G. You got it. You got that, Shorty. Good job. You got this. You got it. And just that's all he said the whole time. It was hilarious. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, so it was like packed from start to finish. Um, luckily, it was a nice day. It was like 12 degrees in sun. And yeah, you just kind of put one foot in front of the other and just run. Kind of weird to think about too, because I, I don't think I could like sit here and watch TV for four hours without like, kind of being like, all right, what, what are we going to do? Like, yeah. let's, uh, I don't know, go outside or do something. So I, I don't think of many things I could do for four straight hours, but there's a lot to look at and see and think about and stuff. Yeah. If any of you don't know who Evan is, <clears throat> Evan runs a running store. So 
<laughs> he's maybe a little bit more advanced in terms of like what it takes to actually run a marathon than most of the population. But like, what did your training look like? And where do people get information on like on training? Yeah. So the, um, yeah. So through the store, Fit First in Burnaby, like we. Hold on. I'm going to, I'll let you go in one second. Yeah. Talking about training. Do you want another beer? Uh, yeah, I can catch up there. Yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. grab one. Yeah, sweet. Mm. Um, so yeah, so luckily, like what I've been pretty proud of is the community that we have. And like, it's such a great community of people who want to see each other succeed and everything. So when, um, I let some people know that I got into or got an entry into the New York marathon, which have to back up is hard enough on its own like you don't just sign up for it you can only get in via lottery or or a really fast time but once some people found out uh one of the friends from the store his name's curb ivanic and he's a running coach really awesome guy really smart guy uh, and has been doing it for a long time and does trail and marathons and some i think he's gotten into ultra but he first thing he said he like replied to uh an Instagram post that I did and like, Hey, how can I help? I want to coach you sort of thing. Um, let's build a plan and, and like, I'd love to help you out sort of thing. So he kind of sat down and we went through what my goal time was, where my fitness was at. Um, he took a look at like my Strava and what I had been doing over the last three months. Mm -hmm. Um, and then built out a plan, uh, that slowly got me toward the, um, toward my goal time and, and, uh, distance. And that's the biggest step. Once you have like, all right, if I just do this, then I'll get there. Like it's, it's really, you just have to do the work and that's all it really takes. If you're trying to get a time or time specific, then yeah, it's challenging you to run a certain pace to be at that time. Um, but on my first one, my main goal was to like survive it, not get injured, cross the finish line with a smile. And I hear somewhere around four hours would be a decent time. So I want to get a time that started with a three, basically anything under four hours. And so he did an interesting plan uh, and it was all based on time. So it wasn't distance like, oh, today you run 10K, tomorrow it's 15. It was all, it was 60 minutes, 90 minutes. Mm. Uh, yeah, all the way up to, I think my longest training run was three, three hours and 15 minutes. Oh, really? That long? Yeah. That's yeah. quite long. Yeah, so my, in distance I did, um, I did five, six runs that were over 30 K and two of which were over 35 K. Wow. And that was, that was like one long run a week. So yeah, basically my schedule was, I, I'm off on Friday. So that was my long run. Cause I could just do that super early and then not have to do anything the rest of the day <laughs> or not have at least a responsibility that I have to be like alive in myself with, which worked out most of the time. I, I worked probably in the end half of those Fridays, but I um, wish you had just like, you just had a wheelchair at the store and yeah. on Fridays after your long run, you're just rolling around. Well, luckily <laughs> like working at a running store, it's a full, like if I'm limping around or just like super slow, all you have to do is like, I did my long run today and yeah. everybody's like, Oh yeah, it's you're good. Oh, yeah, totally. exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't, it like starts, starts that conversation um but yeah so so friday was long run which slowly grew um and was getting up to yeah three hours 15 minutes then sunday is our run clinic um so this i kind of strategically placed myself 
as our um, like kind of party pace, I call it. It's our two and two run, two minutes walk, two minutes in the 10K group. So call it an hour at a very, like I love the two and two pace, but like a really leisurely place where I'm running for others and not running for myself. Almost let's call it a move your legs for an hour or shakeout sort of thing. Then hashtag shakeout like that. Yeah. And then <laughs> um, uh, what else did I have? So then I had. In your head, you're like, you're an idiot. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Monday was like a tempo run. So it would be a shorter time, but faster and have some intervals in there sort of thing. And then um, another just like, long-ish run and then friday so it was four runs a week for for basically ended up being about five straight months because i trained for the half before that you make it sound fairly easy are there any points in those long runs where you're walking or where you're like taking a break i decided everybody will do it differently but i decided not to to do that sure if like i tried to map my runs around like catching a water fountain here and there and and know where those were but for the most part it was like it was straight run a lot of programs and even the one that we do at the store is like a 10 and one run 10 minutes walk one minute run 10 minutes walk one minute mm-hmm. but i um personally just kind of preferred to just keep going and kind of also i just get too competitive i'm like oh i got three hours 15 minutes and how fast can i go sort of thing right um so it's, it is all like slow and steady. You're never really huffing and puffing. You're just, you're just, it's a mental thing. hundred percent. It's just mental. It's just battling through that mental fatigue. And I, I think if I didn't have a coach or curb who like, as soon as my watch like saved it, it went to Strava and it, he gets a little ding in his inbox and then uh, sees like how I did sort of thing. Is each training run, I assume you have to have some sort of game plan going into running for three and a half hours. Yeah. So is each one like, okay, my pace time is going to be this yeah. today. And you're just like looking at your watch every kilometer, trying to keep that on that number? Pretty much. So again, by going time-based, we we didn't care about pace, but I knew the pace that I had to run to get four hours. So I was always aiming for quite a bit quicker than that, 15 or 30 seconds per kilometer shorter than that. Um, and then my goal is always to kind of run a bit of a negative split. So hold maybe around goal pace or faster. And then the second half, see if I had some gas in the tank. Mm. And for the most part, the runs went pretty well. There was runs where I was like slower and it didn't go that way, but it, it's just time on your feet is the biggest thing. But uh, but yet the answer to your question is yeah, constantly looking. And luckily every kilometer it beeps you and tells you what pace you're running. But if I ever go up a hill or turn or go down a hill, I'm like checking constantly, constantly. Yeah. Cause there's nothing else to think about. And it's right, just like, yeah, yeah. you're just constantly looking, where am I, where am I sort of thing. Would you where listen, I talk about you or like, if you run without a watch, I, I struggle to get that. Cause I feel like you're just running in the dark. You just like, what, how do you know? It's all just on perceived exertion sort of thing. Whereas this was a little more time-based. I think I just use it for something different. The run. The fitness yeah. in my life. Yeah. I just you. Like, I don't know if meditation is the right word, but I just use it as a shut off my brain for an hour a day. Yeah. And that's my favorite part about running. It's not the athletic or the active side. It's, or the physical health. It's the mental health side. Mm. 
that I appreciate the most of it. And I almost think that like everything else in my life, I'm so competitive with. I'm super competitive with business and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's what runs most of my life. Yeah. So it's almost nice slowing down for a second mentally. Yeah. For that 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it is. Otherwise, so maybe that's just, what I like about yeah, it. Yeah, that's but a good point. In honestly, in my head, I have no. I'm maybe starting to get a little bit competitive with yeah. it because I'm thinking about doing half marathons now. Yeah. You should join us January 19th. We kick off. Half marathon training? Marathon training. Sunday morning? Sunday morning. Also, You'll be home in time so, for the 10, 15 <laughs> kickoff time. I also, I'm around people my entire day and yeah. like talking to people the entire day. Believe me, yeah. So I kind of like yeah. that it's solo. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't like going to a Gold's gym or anything where yeah. there's 80,000 people wearing tank tops in there. Totally. I like working out of my condo gym by myself. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know if I'm, I'm very open to trying a run clinic for sure. once a week. Sure. It's just like, it's almost my solidarity time per day, which I've kind of started to enjoy. So to run a half marathon, you have to run more than once a week. So you'll no, still get that. I, I know. I know. I know <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, saying I can flex one day you. a week. I know. I know. So, <laughs> but, but definitely like that for me was like so many people, through the store, like, wow, you're doing that alone. And, oh, how do you, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't run alone or I wouldn't get myself there. And like, that was the appeal to me. Like that was, I looked forward to it. Like I, it was best case scenario that I was alone. I didn't have to worry about going too fast or too slow for somebody else. I didn't have Mm -hmm. to talk to anybody. That's the best part. Mm -hmm. Like my whole day has just been talking all day, every day. If there's nobody in the stores, staff, uh, it's on the phone trying to, get business or get other stuff done or it's to customers. So like that was the best part of my day is like, yeah, I'm just solo. I'm gone sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I completely get that and, and would understand uh, the, the appeal of like, if hey, I'm going to train for half marathon, but the reason I want to is because I can do it alone mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. During training, do you listen to music and podcasts running? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not really music. I'll either listen to nothing or podcasts. For me, it's like I need to hear people talking and have like this conversation going that I'm following along to that all of a sudden I look up and it's like, whoa, that's not, whoa, it's 11K, but whoa, that's 2K further than mm-hmm. I last looked at my watch or whatever sort yeah. of thing. Um, so that was huge. It was like constantly, yeah, all my Friday runs, Bill Simmons came out with a podcast on Thursday where he guessed the lines of the week for the upcoming football week uh and then yeah has a few like it was that followed by a crime podcast about uh some fucked up people in the world who which, which crime podcast are your favorite crime beat yeah yeah yeah, yeah with nice. the chick from uh from alberta global yes. news alberta mm-hmm. there's some twisted people out there man is bill simmons nfl guy i don't know who that is he's the guy and i could be wrong here i think he's the guy who was the thir- the 30 for 30 ESPN was his kind of brainchild. Okay. And he kind of grew bigger than ESPN and he wanted to not just follow the party, do his own thing and have all these mm-hmm. ideas. And I think they eventually outed him. Um, he then kind of teamed up with HBO and tried to come out with his own little platform. And now he finally pretty successfully has come out with the Ringer podcast network. Okay. And... He's huge into basketball. His biggest thing is basketball. Okay. He did that book called The Book of Basketball. You ranked like the top 100 people, 100 players ever 
and like dove right into it big time. Um, the only thing I don't like about him is he's such a Boston homer. <laughs> every conversation goes back to the, either the Celtics or the Pats every time. And that that's what will force me to turn him off. But yeah. And but he, yeah, so it's So he podcast. has guests on? Yeah, guests on. And just some regular sports. guests. And then, and then he'll mix in like, uh, it's funny to see the, the circuit that some of these guys go on. Like he has a lot of the guests that Joe Rogan has on too. Mm-hmm. Like Ed Norton was on mm-hmm. with them on the same week and and they cycle through. So they he definitely expands that and goes outside of, but he has he has like probably 15 different podcasts. One's like rewatchables, it's called, and they rewatch movies and then like break them down and talk about <laughs> how awesome they are <laughs> and like what ages the best yeah. and what doesn't. Speaking of like, I'm sure there's so many movies that quotes are like, oh, are, you can't even be aired on TV anymore, which we like watched and <laughs> quoted and everything. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's it, I understand is yeah obsession with pocket. Like it, it's so obsessive. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just completely obsessed with the platform. Now I have three and literally it's just things that I want to talk about, which is so cool, right? It's yeah. so cool that you actually have a platform like this to be able to do yeah. stuff like this. Yeah. So now you have three. Like, I have three different ones now. Jesus. So Zero to Hear is literally my outlet for talking to interesting people that I just want to learn from. Yeah. And just want to like have conversations with. Seahawks Social. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Weekly Seahawks <laughs> recaps. Yeah. Literally yeah. just because I love the Seahawks and want an opportunity to talk about them every week. And then uh, Jamie and I just started a Garby Demo real estate podcast where we are talking real estate topics. Nice. Which will be released in January, hopefully. We have Carl, business is good, hey? I know, right? Look at that. Jeez, are you producing all these too? <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. Nice. Carl's probably like, what? That guy is 13? Then he only has three. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and call some guys up. Yeah, that's funny. And what, what does it take? Like you're obviously you're talking to people, you're finding people, but... I guess it takes like a passionate topic and something you want to do is the number one, one, right? One of the things Carl said to me early, early on, maybe like five or 10 episodes in, he's like, you, I think you said it's to me specifically, mm-hmm. but you're like, you and the podcast are so much better when you're passionate about a topic. Right. So I don't know what we were talking right. about, whether it was a real estate person or I don't know what it was. I can't remember, but yeah, he's like, they're just so much better. Yeah. And I love the Seahawks, obviously. So I yeah. just wanted to veer off and start a Seahawks one because it's hilarious and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but otherwise, yeah. What does you it got take? Some, it literally yeah. takes nothing. Yeah. It takes like two mics. Carl calls these things booms. And really? it takes, Is that a boom? Boom. A boom. <laughs> I thought a boom was like, uh, like the floating mic or like. Anything the, that holds a mic. Anything that holds a mm-hmm. mic is a boom. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like the actual like. I won't even. I'll sound so dumb. <laughs> like the guy holding the thing, or okay. just the the actual thing that received, which is a mic, but like a enhance the receiving oh. of a mic. Those you are know the, the sideline. Those are the Thomas domes. the trains. We got the Thomas the trains down there. See so, those things? Yeah, yeah. Are, what are those called? Uh, cloud lifters. I call them Thomas the trains. They look like trains, <laughs> don't they? The square block on the ground there. <laughs> the blue yeah. blocks. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And some gear, yeah, yeah, it's it's impressive. It's um, yeah, like there's to be able to like take an idea and and be, but actually be that passionate about it and, and talk about it what once a week, three times a week, because mm-hmm. this is your seventieth. You said or you'll get seventy in this year. 
Yeah, we've posted 77 so far. Includes, we have three or four. Includes the ox. That's it? No, no. That's, no. Just here, here. that's another 10. <laughs> At least. Yeah. Minimum. Maybe 12, 13 by the end of the year. But rewind. Mm-hmm. You said so you're, you talk all day and you look forward to times of being alone and silent. And, okay. and yet, all your side so, gig is, is like talking. I love this. I love this. Yeah. Uh, uh, conversation though. I get so much personally out of one-on-one conversation. So I really like talking to people about experiences. I get nothing out of going to networking events and saying hi to 27 people. Right. Right. I get a lot out of having in-depth conversations over that. (laughs) I know. I don't even know where to begin. No. I'm so awkward walking up to someone, a random person I've never met and saying, Hey, what's your name? Yeah. I don't don't know why. I feel like we should be much more comfortable with that. But, but, I but yeah, so anyway, I get a lot out to. of these things. Yeah, yeah. Even just like, I have three more questions written down or just like topics written down about like mentally what you go through during the training. Yeah. Did you get any, did you have any injuries? How do you overcome them? Yeah. Uh, like, what do you do to recover? I just literally to educate myself right. and hopefully right. other people. A couple listening. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just really like the in-depth conversations rather than like, hey, my name's Denny. Okay, Evan, nice to meet you. Right. What do you do for a living? I run a running uh, running store. store. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's exciting. How yeah. long have you been in that? Five years. Okay, great. So you never. Next, next <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. means nothing to me. For sure. For sure. So I'd rather have like, let's say 80 genuine conversations this year yeah. than like meet 400 people. Random. Yeah. 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 For five minutes. No, that makes sense. And especially when you're kind of like filtering and finding those people or somebody else refers and, Hey, you should chat to this. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you're constantly reaching out to other people as well. Um, it's so cool to have Instagram as a platform that yeah. Instagram, first of all, for whatever reason, podcasts are cool right now. So yeah, I know. when you say, Hey, do you want to be my podcast? People are a lot more likely to respond to you than, Hey, do you want to go for coffee? Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah, that's true. I, I bet. Yeah. It's crazy how like, open and excited people are to have it's, a conversation over a podcast rather than like, Hey, do you want to meet at Starbucks on fucking Maine and 10th tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's like, um, I guess that's content too. Like, is that, uh, is it self-serving by the other person and being so much more game to, or does it legitimize what you're asking? Honestly, what I'm finding is there's so Obviously, like media puts this into our heads too, but I think there's a lot more genuine, good people out there that are really motivated that want to make themselves better than you think they are. Right. And I think the negativity on social media is so loud right now. Yeah. And everything you see is negative that the positivity is just kind of hidden. Drowned out. But if you look for it, there's so many people that are like excited to meet someone like themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. And and is there. I guess, yeah, do we, does it shade our assumption to like, oh, negative or don't want to, or I'm bugging them or whatever, when really it's, it should be the opposite sort of thing. Or I've had multiple conversations with friends where they're just like, oh, there's no good people in Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver sucks. Yeah. Everyone's so all critical. Time. All and they do is complain right? about yeah. real estate. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the time. You can't date anyone in Vancouver. All the girls are stuck up. Yeah. Like I've had multiple yeah. friends that say this. Yeah. They're all entitled. Mm-hmm. Well, how many have you dated? Okay, well, that's a pretty small sample size. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you and you hear the same thing in the reverse. It's like the guys mm-hmm. are totally. brutal and everything too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's um, 
Yeah, I guess like you, you're definitely right in the sense like the negativity and that's like the broken thing with social media, which mm-hmm. I hate about it is the, the, the negativity is the leading, the leading aspect of it, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool to be the change though. Cause yeah. even just like this year with the fitness thing every day yeah, yeah. with like the, oh, I'd say 95% of anything I put out is like very positive based. Like yeah. let's get better kind right. of thing. Right. Or this is something I learned. And you and, feel that love coming back to you. Yeah. Re- like regardless of whether people comment or not, I am like, I'm not going to change no. the direction that I want it to go. No, no. But like, it's pretty cool to hear people comment back and just be like, we've been following you for a year. Like, thank you. Right. I've had like three or four people this year. I know it's small, but yeah. like three or four is more yeah, than zero. Absolutely. So it's good. Yeah. Say like literally just watching you run and work out every day has gotten me back into that's the gym huge. this year. That's, am- that's amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And think how many people maybe think that, or at least even got out for one who didn't comment or, or send 100%. you a note. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, well, what you put out is what you get back sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. The other thing I, I, that bugs me with social media though, is I'm not big on social media. Um, it's like the the keeping up with the Joneses and the keeping up sort of thing and and how skewed everything it, it seems to be or is and it's it, it, you just can't believe any of it anymore I guess mm. and um and how how much do people need to know want to know how much yeah all of those things but I mean uh I know people are are living and surviving and thriving off off just the social media platform so maybe it's just i'm too old school or something. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know i think it's almost just shifting the mindset a little because that stuff is so loud right meaning like you see it all the time which the algorithm kind of pushes towards you sure but i think there's so much on the other side too that maybe you just need to dig a little deeper for or search for right and i think the opportunity on social media is something that business people have never seen before yeah it's like i don't know if you listen to gary v but gary v does a very good job of explaining how crazy it is yeah and just like this is the new tv like no one watches the tv right whenever a commercial comes on in their show they're looking at their phone on instagram yeah like this is the platform this is where attention is he always talks about attention right this is where people's attention is yeah for sure so if you're marketing a business or selling a product or whatever this is you gotta where be you there. need to spend money. Yeah, yeah. No one's opening their mailers. No. They just go straight in the garbage. Yeah. So, and it's way cheaper to market on that thing than it is to send fucking mailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. So, yeah. like, listening to those guys that are doing it extremely well. Yeah. Just kind of puts it into perspective and, like, so I think, like, for me, it was kind of, I was like that a lot. I didn't start using Instagram every day until mm-hmm. like a year and a half ago maybe maybe yep. two years ago yeah and it's more just like this is such an opportunity rather than like oh i need to keep up with everyone else that is doing this. right right yeah yeah i don't know it's 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 like for me it's almost like there's this it's another sense sort of thing and i think communication mm-hmm. in general uh is it's so instant and it's so all the time that it's you you have this other, yeah, I don't know, sense or, or, um, like existence sort of thing. 
which for me, I guess maybe I'm a bit of an introvert is like, is just too much, man. Like I- I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah, what it's it, just, it's too much at times. What do, you, what do you not like about it? So to me, I, I, I was probably exactly the same as you four years ago. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh shit, I sell real estate now. I have to post shit on social media just so right. people can see it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like two years ago, I kind of shifted the mindset into like such an opportunity to be myself, right. tell people who I am. Right. If they like it or not, totally up to them. They can click one button and unfollow and, me. And stop following, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I won't even know if they unfollow me. Yeah. So it was. it's an opportunity to sell our business, yeah. opportunity to sell the product that we're working with, but it is literally a 24 seven resume for us. Right. So people have us in like real estate specific, obviously people have us into listing appointments and they're like, you don't need to sell yourself. We know exactly who you are. We've been following you for two years. Right. When we're going to sell, we're going to sell with you because we know exactly what you Of do. all those things. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas you're not going in trying to market yourself because you've already, you're currently in, I've we already done that. Yeah, Early yeah. in my career, I did that a lot. Right. But now it's probably gotten to the point where it's like 40, 50% of the time going into listing appointments, people are only talking to us. Right. Which is insane. And how does that work? A listing appointment, usually you're kind of like, so I'm Denny and I sell real estate and like I'd love to sell your home for you sort of thing. It's like a traditional sales pitch. It's yeah. like going in there saying like, this is what we do well. This is how we market homes. This is what we've done in your neighborhood these are the recent sales. This is what we think your home's worth. This is what we do to market it. This is kind of our strategy. This is how we communicate, blah, 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 blah. And they just sort of send a feeler out or how do you even get that person? Like, how are you? Sorry, I don't know this whole. No, that's totally okay. It's like any business marketing. So today, where's people's attention? It's social right. media, it's internet, it's Google. Yeah. So I heard this stat recently. I don't, I have no data to back it up. I just heard it somewhere. I heard that 70% of people uh, either know a realtor or have a friend who has referred them a yeah, realtor. Yeah, I believe that, yeah. yeah. 70%. So 30% is left. Yeah. So like Jamie and I talk about this all the time. How do we capitalize the 30%? Right. How do we get the 30%? Right. And where do people go? If you didn't know a realtor, if you didn't know anyone in real estate, where are you going to find a realtor? What are you going to do? for? What's your very first thing to your Google? Do? Google, what, so you're, let's say you're buying in Mount Pleasant. Burn, or Vancouver realtor. Yeah. Vancouver's top realtor. Yeah. Any variation of that. Exactly. SEO. Yeah. Google. Yeah. That's where Jamie, 10 years ago, spent a ton of effort. Yeah. So our website for New West Burnaby and Vancouver were getting better, but it's so competitive. Mm. Tri-Cities were getting better. Uh, like ranks really high. Right. So in New West, when you Google New Westminster realtor, realtor New West, variations of that, our website is number one. Yeah. And then it's like followed by Remax, which is just a generic brand. Yeah. And then Yelp. Right. And then another individual realtor. Right. Right. So we get a ton just from Google search. Just from that. Yeah. That's and then huge. once our, I, this is what I do with other mm -hmm. product mm -hmm. is Google like what the product is. And then I would go onto social media or if it's a service, go onto social media and look what they're doing on social yeah. media. Or reviews or, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Google reviews sure. is huge, but that helps your Google rank too. Yeah. So then they're going to social media and saying, okay, garbage doom real estate team ranks first. We're going to look at them on social media. Here's their page. Oh, it's Denny and James. Okay, yeah. great. We're going to look at their personal pages. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we kind of like these guys' personalities. Yeah. Let's just call them. Yeah. I see that funnel. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, 
but I guess, yeah, I guess pulling it back, at least on the personal thing, I, I just, I'm, I don't get excited about selling myself or, or the hard sell and maybe mm. to a fault sort of thing. Like even in our run clinics at the store, it's all, it's all like encouragement and getting people there, way to go for showing up, all mm. of those things. And the last thing that I ever mention or uh, bring forward is like, oh, and you get a little discount too. And hey, we sell shoes sort of thing. Yeah. And maybe maybe we need to actively be more forward ab- uh, about that. But um, L- let, me, let me put it this way though, and then see what your reaction yeah. is. It sounds like you're thinking of social media as being very self-serving. So it, it sounds like you're For saying... Sure. It's a platform where you put a photo or video out and it's saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Whereas what if you reshape your mindset into how do I provide value to people that would be searching for someone like me? Right. So maybe someone who wants to get back into shape and wants to join a run clinic. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the top five things to do to get back into shape. Right. Or like when you're looking for a run clinic, look at these things. Right. One, is it close to you? Two, is it blah, 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 blah. Three, is it people like you and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's providing value or, Hey, uh, doing a video on like you made a decision to, or one of your goals this year is to run a half marathon. Yeah. Yeah. What are the steps to do that? You've never done that before. Great. Neither did I two years ago. I'm going to tell you exactly how I did it. This is what it is. Yeah. 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 I, I see what you mean. And, and, um, and the fact that, that, uh, it really should be like, yeah, bring value. If you want to be here, come hop on, check it out and leave if you want sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly where I am right now. <clears throat> so on my personal Instagram page, yeah. I probably have like four posts. Yeah. Like likes, just it does nothing for me. Right. Nothing. Right. But yeah. like recently I've started, like uh, I have a renovation company, so I started an yeah. Instagram for that. And just kind of like messaging with people kind of not about yourself, but about like construction and materials or whatever. Yeah. It, it separates yourself. And it's, I'm finding it so much more engaging and so much cooler. And yeah. you just pick up so many things. I think if you can like, so this is what I think about almost every time that I post something on Instagram is, is how do I put what I want to say into something that could, other people could take value from. So whether it's sharing something that went through my head that day that helped me get through a tough situation right. or, or something real estate related that most of the public doesn't know, yeah, like trying to, even just having that thing in my head of like, is this going to help someone potentially? Right is huge so whether i get 20 likes or 120 likes makes no difference no difference but if you get one comment being at whether someone's engaging with Mm -hmm. you or asking questions or whatever that's pretty cool yeah yeah and then it it throws you it it actually makes you think that you're kind of on the right track right right and that's maybe part of for me too is like the is it an insecurity of like no i'm not i'm not a uh information resource or like I, like there's no way, but when really, I mean, it's all I do every day sort of thing. I probably know a thing or two, um, but maybe, yeah, it's, it's probably is like a sense of, of like, oh, nobody wants to hear from me sort of thing. That was so much the same yeah. thing as me, man. Yeah. yeah. Like it was so much, you yeah. know what changed for me? It was actually really cool. Lucas, uh, one of the guys on our team, I think he's been on our team for almost two years, mm-hmm. two years next March or something like that. Um, a few months after being on our team, like all the realtors call me all the time just to ask like weird questions of weird contract things. And he said something along the lines of like, how do I get all the information in your head into my head? 
Right, right. And then I'm like, do I really know that much stuff? Like, yeah. this just seems second nature to yeah. me now. I've mm-hmm. done yeah. whatever, a few hundred deals. Yeah. And so that kind of switched a little bit for me, but it, it just consistently, no, that's a good way to say it. You, you just keep getting those little reminders every day, which push the self-confidence yeah. rather than the insecurity. Yeah. And like one was, I did uh, first ever, well, other than like saying a speech at my siblings' weddings, but that doesn't really count because yeah. you're drunk. Yeah. I did like a first ever like public speaking talk where I was actually invited and people wanted to hear what I had to say which is kind of weird to even think about. Yeah. And afterwards, I'd say there was like just over 50 people there. Afterwards, I had like 10 guys come up to me and like ask more questions and be like, right. thanks so much for coming. That right. was really good. I felt like I connected with you really well. Yeah. So just like getting that feedback is pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, I don't know, even like I do, I'll do, uh, last month I did like a talk at 40 is to, I think they had like a hundred people registered and did the same thing. And, and then, yeah, a ton of people asked me questions after. And I don't know, even still, I'm just like, Oh, how much? Yeah. And it's probably something I need to fix. And really like, I I'll talk about it at work all the time. It's like, we're doing all this stuff. And right now we've got like, or at times it feels like we've just got like a big curtain up in front of everybody. <laughs> like everything's happening in the background. It's like amazing, cool stuff. Like how do we just like, take that curtain and show everybody what's going on yeah. sort of thing. Um, and it, it's a platform like that or like this or like a uh, video that, that will allow that to happen. But for me too, one of the biggest challenges in, in my business is, is the, the work at the business, not on the business sort of dilemma of mm-hmm. like, it's retail, right? So the margins aren't amazing. The trying to find staff, reliable staff, inventory management, um, and then throwing a full marketing piece. Like, you know how many hats I, I wear? And it's not an excuse, but it's like, oh man, it's it's insane. You'll have all these plans for the day or for the week. And then like the credit card machine will go down or. <laughs> okay, let me say, do you know how valuable that information is though? Because there's so many young people like me five years ago, yeah. you five years ago. Yeah that have no clue what it actually takes, right? Exactly. So even just sharing those stories, it's not all glamorous. Right, right. right. A lot of days fucking suck. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other cool part is once you're actually honest and you're you're uh, sharing a lot of those stories on Instagram, people will reach out to you. Right. Often and be like, I was there exactly five years ago. These are the couple things that I learned in the last year. Right, right. And then now you're just building connections through sharing your experience. And it's just rolling right on up, yeah. And people... First of all, people love others that are genuine, mm-hmm. but business people want to help other business people out. Right. A lot of people are so un, like so willing to share information that they could absolutely keep private because they're crushing with these different sure, marketing sure. techniques yeah, or things that they're doing. And things. But so many people are just willing to share. Yeah, yeah. Because they were in your shoes three years ago. Or exactly. Whatever. Yeah, or, and I think I'd, I'd be the same way if I saw something where it's like, oh, dude, I went through exactly that. Like, I know how to help you out sort of mm-hmm. thing, or this was a solution. Um, yeah, it's huge. Like we, so I was just down in, I was saying in Austin at an event called The Running Event in Texas. We go every year. And yeah, there's a group of about 25 Canadian independent stores who we go down two days before this conference um, to like meet and share best, pra- best practices. Mm-hmm. 
um, ideas, struggles, all of those things. And like the most valuable thing is being in the room with people just like me who are managing 17 to 25 mm -hmm. year olds and dealing with the public and selling <laughs> shoes that you can get anywhere and everywhere and yeah. trying to market a service or, or provide a service, a community space, all those sorts of things. Yeah. I guess the other, the, the other part of it too, um, that maybe pulls me away or doesn't have me as motivated to be as engaging on the social platform is, is for me, it's, it's very little of it is, is like dollar driven and maybe it needs to be more so. Um, but it's for me, like the most rewarding thing is, is helping somebody who's come off a terrible surgery or fall or walks into run clinic on week one because they were on the couch and clicked something and felt the need to to buy the run clinic then and then showed up week one being like holy crap what did i do mm -hmm. and making that person feel welcome and get them to their goal or halfway to their goal or okay but um, we're back to the exact point that you said to me right you said Sure, three or four people commented, but how many more people are sitting at home that don't say anything? Right. So now I'm going to throw it at you saying, okay, that one or two people came to your run clinic, but how many more are sitting at home just thinking like, fuck, I just had knee surgery. I have no idea where to start. Yeah. How do I even start? Yeah. And yeah. I think reaching out to someone on a social platform is so much easier mentally than showing up at a for sure at a run clinic for or sure. whatever it is. Yeah, and... and um. And I guess seeing it for a year or six months or something eventually brings that person in. Like how many yeah. people have you seen who was like, oh yeah, I, I watch, listen to your podcast or whatever for a year and, and are only telling you or only saying mm -hmm. I finally did or didn't or whatever. But they don't have to reach out. No, yeah. They yeah. don't have to message you. No. But if you're putting it like, if even if you share that one experience being like, you know, uh, some lady came in who just had, a uh, broken foot and yeah. she hasn't been able to walk for whatever, six weeks. Yeah. So she's been a little bit out of shape, but we just kind of got her back on this program that is like, walk for 10 minutes tomorrow. Yeah. Then the next day, walk for 12. Then yeah. take a day off. Yeah. Then the next day, try to do a three minute jog. You yeah. know, like little things like yeah, that. Literally, yeah, literally, yeah, Where someone might just watch it and be like, okay, I can actually do this. Right. But you'll never know about it. Right, right. At least not right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Like all those things are happening, and uh, and yeah, we just need to find a way to pull pull a curtain back and and show some people, I guess. The one of the cool. So I'm super weird. If you haven't figured it out, I keep saying that. So maybe it's just an insecurity of mine to point it out. Yeah. Uh, this line in my head that I always use is, "No one knows what they're doing. Everyone's just trying to figure it out." Yeah, yeah. So it for me, it helps me get over that insecurity of like imposter syndrome type thing right. am i actually good enough to do this yeah does anyone want to listen to me all that kind of shit yeah yeah because that's real for me i'm trying to figure stuff out there's some things that i'm really good at now yeah. in real estate yeah there's other things business-wise that i am so bad at right managing people i'm getting better but i'm still very mediocre right so i feel like no one starts good you always start shitty yeah and you just like try to progress try to keep getting better every year try to keep learning new things and I think the value of sharing that information is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I rephrase it in my head like that, that no one knows what they're doing, kind of makes me think like, oh, all right, well, even if that guy has a crazy successful business with 50 employees, started from somewhere, probably yeah, exactly. didn't know what he was doing 30 years ago. Exactly. And he's still trying to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't met any successful business person that is just like, yeah, I'm crushing it. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're always like, yeah, but we have these big goals for next year. Right. Right. So they're still trying to figure it out how to get to Or yeah, or going. I'll have like meetings with people and and it's like you're waiting for some like big boss to roll in and it's just like people are human, right? And average they're normal dude, yeah. and it's like average dude and like fuck, how do you I keep saying uh, dude, I mean like person. Uh, yeah, like average person. Exactly, average person and it's like fuck, how do I, I got to reset my password. Like, I hate this. And like, oh, I, I know that. I know that. I live that. And it like brings you back down sort of thing. Yeah. It brings, brings, yeah, the, the lure, the, 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 like the uncertainty of like, am I doing the right thing? Do I know enough? I'm, I'm not good enough. All those things. And kind of it's like, oh, well, not everybody does sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I still think that social media adds to all of that. And maybe that's an outlook thing, but I think it it very easily. I wonder if it. I wonder if it motivates people more, or if it makes people depressed more. And I think it does the, the latter. So I think it does absolutely both. Yeah. I think there are people that look at it and think, "Oh, why am I not that pretty? Why am I not that in shape? Sure. Why am I not that successful? Yeah. This person's crushing me. Why Whatever. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of other people the other way, and I'm more concerned about them. Right. I think there's a lot of people that um, follow some sweet real estate agents like Ty that we had on the, recently that are crushing it video marketing wise yeah. and are following him just to pick up tips that he does really well. Right, right. And so I'm more concerned about that. Right. My mindset is not looking at someone on social media and saying, why am I not like them? My mindset is being like, they're doing really well. What can I learn from them? Right. Right. What can I snag off them? Yeah. Sort of thing. And not like, why aren't I them? It's, it's what can I use to become myself, but use them as a launching pad. So just use little things that they're doing to help you be more successful or save time or whatever it may be. For sure. For sure. And yeah, I guess the more I think like when I share my opinions on all of it, it's, it's not, um, it's not, I guess it's not, I don't think of it as a self-serving thing. I think of it more like, geez, it's, it's affecting all these people or it's, it's, um, it's clogging people's minds or it's, it's having people just staring at their phone and everything. And I, and I don't, I don't know. I don't think of it as a thing that I should be exposing to further myself in success sort of thing. I think of it as people are looking at their phone. I'm not going to change that. Right. How can I provide any value while they're looking at their phone? Right. So if you can change that that narrative on your own or, or be a part of the pe- person that does change the narrative. Like people go home and watch Netflix for four hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably on their phone four hours a day at work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to get into the Netflix game. I know. Your stand-up special. Our podcast on yeah. Netflix, Carl? No. No. Right? Carl, can you call Netflix right now and see if we can get the podcast on Netflix? Yeah, give me a sec. All right. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <Patch> him in. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, it's almost like, why not bring a positive spin to a platform that has a lot of negativity? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not that good at it. I'm just like trying to get better. And I see there's a lot of value there. Right. Right. An opportunity to bring a lot of value there. For sure. Where do you see the most negativity? I'm like, going to go to the ba- bathroom while you answer that. Yeah. <laughs> Like when you say like social media, the whole negative aspect and stuff, like what do you mean by that exactly? That's a good question. Um, 
I don't know. There's, I don't know. I don't want to sound like Do you think a, just people being fake. It's like, I the, think that hurts kind of. Yeah. That it's the fake. It's the, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a negative guy. I, like it's, it, I don't, I try not to let it affect me too much. I don't sway one way or the other yeah, too yeah. hard of like loving it or hating it or I thinking f- it's the best or it's the worst. I feel like we're pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. I'm very neutral. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a little bit indifferent overall. Um, but yeah, there's like everything from like the the like cheap consumerism of like oh this trend and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing that's just so brutal. And then, um, yeah, down the, the to, cheap trends is huge, man. Right, that's like a big the, one. Like yeah. yeah, do you still have a fidget spinner at home or? Uh, <laughs> but you know, somewhere like, like yeah. that sort of stuff. And then, but if it's not on Instagram, it's going to be somewhere else. Somewhere else is going to yeah yeah blow it up. yeah. Where else is going to um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just, for some reason, maybe, maybe I'm like old school or I just, I, I envy the, the day before. You just hide. Before, yeah, yeah exactly. No before knows. like this fucking computer was glued to my hip and people could just tap me on the shoulder. Because anytime and every time they ever wanted to. And it's mm-hmm. like on me to be 15 minutes or, or 15 seconds to right. reply, respond or or exactly, comment yeah. or. There's that pressure on you, right? Of like nonstop, always being yeah not monitored but like yeah there sort of thing i think like the thing that you just have to get used to is like realize like any picture any video any podcast all that stuff will just live forever on the internet and just you can't i guess i guess bog your mind down with thinking that way right because you're you're always worried that something's going to come from the past and bite you yeah but i think in this this time of day you just can't live like that everything is online yeah for sure for sure and you work for yourself so you're not being judged by anyone yeah yeah exactly I get like if you work for the government or like you're a teacher, you need to be pretty filtered yeah. in terms of what you put up. For sure. But if you work for yourself, I think equally the amount of people that enjoy your personality and enjoy that you're being yourself versus yeah. like, oh, he shouldn't have sworn. Right. You know, he shouldn't have said that. I think it's pretty similar. Yeah. I yeah. think most people, especially in 2019, maybe the fucking 65 plus crowd, which... Maybe I don't appeal to. Yeah. I really care. Exactly. <laughs> but like, maybe that's not my thing. Yeah. But I think most people in 2019 just appreciate genuine people mm-hmm. rather than for sure. Politician, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's just, I'm not like, I don't, I feel like it's almost coming as we're like aggressively attacking like your mindset. But yeah, yeah. it's more just that I was the exact same three years ago. Yeah. And these are just all the things that I've, come to understand how differently you can think about it right right which i definitely appreciate and, and it's not like i'm digging my feet in and saying like hell no or anything mm-hmm. like that but um but yeah i guess it's like i i i need to care more i i i can't say mm-hmm. care enough or something like that maybe i, I don't think that's, that's true because th- the the example that you just gave Saying like you don't really care about the money. Yeah, you're more worried about like enjoying helping the process of someone getting back from reco- or like from an injury. Yeah, recovering yeah. from an injury. Yeah, so you do care. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. You care a lot about helping people for sure. And so helping people in person is fantastic. It's one on one. Yeah, helping, providing that type of expertise and knowledge through a platform whether it's social media whether it's video blogging youtube whatever it is yeah can reach hundreds and thousands of people for sure 
So maybe, maybe I don't care enough. <laughs> That's how I feel too. Do you think maybe too is because like we never grew up with this stuff, right? Exactly. Like we didn't have our first smartphones to like what year four or five in university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas kids nowadays are just posting everything and everything. They don't give yeah. a fuck. Exactly. So do you think that's like a little bit of a border? Yeah, maybe I wasn't through? trained that way to kind of think like, oh, how can I throw this up there? Or what or what's the best angle or whatever it is? Because when we were growing up, right, everyone taught you to be private on the internet, right? Hide your stuff. Don't have your information exactly. out there. Until like the last, I guess, 10 years, all of that has changed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And now it's get Growing it all pains. up there. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We can come back to this at another date. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do that. Do you have another like 15 minutes? Yeah, for sure. For sure? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Can we talk about fit first a little bit? Yeah. yeah I'm pumped about, I obviously being like business self-employed background, yeah, yeah. I appreciate the struggle and the effort. For sure. I, I've loved seeing the growth. Yeah. Also, it kind of blows my mind that in a retail environment, you continue to grow every year, which yeah. is fucking difficult. Yeah. It's not easy. It's yeah. not easy. Yeah. Without, when, without uh, all these, uh, too heavy social media and everything. Might I add? Might I add? That should be noted. Carl, maybe everyone else is wrong. That should be noted. Evan's yeah, on this path exactly. that is just blowing the world I'm up. I'm zigging. Yeah. Y'all are zagging. Yeah. Uh, maybe just talk about like the start of it. Like how you got into it. Yeah. Obviously your dad's been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But like what was the, was it a difficult decision to go into fitness, retail? out of or how long has it been five years we're in our sixth now. sixth year yeah. okay yeah um so yeah so so yeah my dad was always obviously in in the industry so i grew up around a running shoe store and uh tons of memories around like stores closed bombing around on shoe stools and all of that <laughs> throwing shoe box at each other and um going through into university um kind of thinking about the accounting background and and business and that sort of thing. And it just didn't ignite much in me. And it was it was those meetings where you have to go and try to connect with somebody in yeah. front of 400 people. And like, I'm sweating just thinking about it sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, and I had no enjoyment out of that and knew I couldn't really make that work um, in any way. And so then this opportunity came up where, um, my dad was approached about considering and opening a second store at the 40th center in Burnaby. And um, yeah, a bunch of stuff was going on through university and like my health where I was kind of confused or not sure where to go. And this sort of came up and I was like, Hey, that could be cool. And, and opening a store would be pretty fun. Try to make it my own um, and not sit behind a desk all day, work mm-hmm. with people, uh, work with, cool brands that I've always loved to be in that sort of industry. Um, so kind of like sure, and didn't really necessarily know what I was getting into. And then it all, then the doors opened. It wasn't then doors open, but then it all starts to happen. And you're like, holy crap, what are we doing here? I think there's a lot of value in being naive though. Yeah. And that, that definitely was the case. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember like a close family friend that like, Oh, you always think of, and I guess it's terrible to think of like, what's the worst or what if it doesn't work, all those things. And I'm definitely confident that I'm I'm more than employable um, <laughs> coming out of this because I feel like I've learned so much. And, and one of our close family friends or one of our close family friends kind of said like, I'd hire 
somebody like you, because you're coming out after two years of doing that, you have more experience than anybody with a master's degree in an MBA or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Cause you can't really teach that. You can't learn that sort of thing unless you just do it. For sure. Um, so yeah, year one was definitely, it was seven days a week and I was the only person in the store for the most part until we kind of hired another person who was in two days a week. Um, and it was just trying to make sure everybody who came through the door had a good experience and felt the need to tell somebody else. And then, yeah, across the five years, our our run clinics and community has been, community is the biggest thing. Like we're selling shoes that you can get anywhere. Let's be real, it's kind mm -hmm. of a commodity. So how do we bring value, whether it's service advice um, or just like, hey, a cool place to go, get good advice, catch up with somebody and get the things that I need and know that I got the right things sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so run clinics have been a big thing. We, we um, this fall, we had 153 people registered for our run clinic. Versus how many in year one? Nine. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool to see yeah, that growth. For eh? sure. Isn't for that sure. so cool? Yeah, yeah. See 153 people show up on Sunday morning? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like a little institution. There's leaders and you're, like I enjoy these these clinics so much more. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, everybody knows our logo now and it races. And it, there is like this huge community of people who uh, have connected and engaged through the store, which is pretty cool to think about. Mm -hmm. um, it's so, so like, it's cool to see 153 people show up yeah, probably. Yeah. But how much cooler is it to see how much those 153 people value coming to that? Yeah. So that's the biggest thing is like, um, yeah, like we, I, I've gotten so many messages of, of yeah, like you've changed my life and all that sort of stuff, which is the most, definitely the most rewarding For sure. part. And it's, it's the person who comes to the run clinic. Um, I definitely resonate or connect with and, and get more joy out of, and I, I still haven't found like the right way to, to say this, like, but like the back of the pack person or the slower person is, is the person that I'm excited to see show up be there. I want them to have the best possible experience. Mm -hmm. It's the person at the front of the pack um, that also needs attention and, and needs to feel welcome and all those things. But um, I get way more out of the, the people at the back of the pack sort of thing and seeing them show up every single week and then maybe move the, from the two and two pace up to the four and two pace and then move from the 10K to the half and so on and so on sort of thing. Um, and we definitely have quite a few people who have done that, who are like, hey, I've never run before. And now after three or four years have completed a 50K or done their fifth marathon or that sort of thing. It's um, cool to see the progression from starting working out, working on your own. Yeah. Whether it's, you think your job is to sell shoes. Like, how do I sell more shoes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How do I sell more shirts? Yeah. I'm like, how do I sell my homes? Yeah. Whereas like, it's so much bigger than that. Totally. And you're changing people's lives. Yeah. With fitness, yep. with health, yep. with investing in and in real estate, and it's cool how the mindset kind of shifts over those first few years from like I need to sell more shoes to like I want to help more people. Exactly. I want to make I want to help people make better decisions yep. real estate wise, whatever yep. it is. Yeah. And talking about the back of the pack is pretty cool because I think about that often, and we meet a lot of people just because of who we are in real estate. Our yep. demographic is a lot of like 
30 somethings, right? Yeah. yeah. That are selling a two bedroom condo and looking upsize to a townhouse or whatever it may be, or yeah. first time buyers. Yeah. And they're always like, do you have time for us? Like our condo is worth 500K. Right. Greater Vancouver people that are right. listening outside of Greater Vancouver, 500K is like basically entry point. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, of course, you are literally our ideal demographic. We love working with people like you that are looking to move up the ladder, whatever it may be. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I guess the point I'm trying to make is just, it's cool to see how much you're actually affecting someone's life by just doing this job that you thought you were doing. And yeah. then your mindset kind of shifts. For sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and I, I don't think the other is sus- sustainable no. or as sustainable Mm-mm. or as enjoyable maybe. Uh, I'm sure I, I should, it's probably sustainable if your whole thing is to move more homes. I'm sure a lot of people have found a way and that's been their mo- number one motivation, but. I think it's short term. Yeah, right? I think in five years from now, like social media never lies. Hold you up. People's perspective never lie, right? The more people, the more bridges you burn, the more people you treat poorly, the greater and greater that pool is going to be, the more that those people talk about it. I heard some stat, I don't know who, I think my dad told me this, or some business book maybe, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But like, if someone has a bad experience, they tell nine people. If someone has a good experience, they tell three. Right, right. So welcome to social media. Yeah, exactly. Your perspective of it is like the negativity is way louder than the positive. For sure, for sure. Welcome to politics as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so so it's been it's been cool to see that, and and then yeah, with Fit First, it's it's um and Lady Sport, it's uh, sure the run clinic side, but a big huge part of our business is the referral and the medical fitting side of things. So it's um most of our a lot of our clients aren't aren't runners, aren't ever going to be runners, don't want to be runners, but they want to be able to walk or they want to be able to walk a little bit faster or that sort of thing or have come off a crazy injury or battling some sort of pain or something. And that's our big separation that you, in my opinion, can't find many other places is the advice and the line of products to kind of allow people to get out of uh, an injury or rut or whatever it is or keep that person moving because once you stop moving you die pretty quick and it's it like as soon as you lose any sort of mobility or or sort of thing we like it's it's crazy to see it or to see how amazed people are is like wow i just stood up off this bench and like walked without pain or with less pain or whatever it is yeah um and so that's the other huge part of our business and where we feel rewarded to is is in that sort of thing so not always an athlete necessarily um but also just like people who are trying to to live and be a little bit healthier sort of thing Mm -hmm. which is kind of fun do you want to talk maybe just briefly describe the service that fit first provides because yeah as someone who's anyone's been to a lot of retail stores and most retail experiences i've ever had are hey how's it going ignored yeah and you're just in there picking out a few clothes go try them on and walk to the till and walk out yeah i would never say this unless i believed it but it was at your store which is why i come back yeah i kind of like you as a human being too but (laughs) mostly why i come back like you said right i've i know the shoe that i wear or a couple different shoes that i wear right could buy it on amazon or wherever yeah something.ca.com yeah and have them in my mailbox tomorrow morning. The reason I keep coming back is just because of how good the quality of the service is. And 
it's unlike anything I've ever seen in a retail environment mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And I'm so pumped of how good you guys are doing with that. And I'm a hundred percent sure that's why the business keeps doing better every year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, thanks Dan. Cause that, that definitely means a lot. And we put a lot of work and effort and pride mm-hmm. into that. Um, and it is, it's, it's service. So we often talk about like shoe, shoe fetchers versus shoe fitters. Like you can go in and yeah. you can get asked like, what size are you? Okay. And what color do you want? <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, often like our kind of goal with say, even the shoe fitting side of things is, is pretty much to get you away from the shoe wall as quick as we can mm-hmm. and not have people up there like picking colors, what, but shit, what's right? that yeah. one? And well, that's <laughs> a cool logo. And it's yeah. like, okay, what are your needs? We ask a whole bunch of questions of what are your goals? What kind of injuries have you had? What terrain are you walking or running on? What activities are you doing? And we'll try to just mine as much information as possible. And it's like, okay, great. I think I know a few things. Uh, why don't you go sit down? I'll go grab shoes sort of mm-hmm. thing. Then we grab some shoes that offer different um, levels of support, feel, fit, all of those sorts of things. And we tie them up for you. You sit down, we untie your shoes, we lace them up for you. We get so much information by just putting the shoe on for you. Mm. We can tell how the heel fits, how the forefoot kind of fits in the in the toe box, whether it's wide enough, whether it's narrow enough. And right away, we can surprise you with kind of saying, you slip it on, it's like, oh, this is pretty good. It's a little wide in the toe box, isn't it? And they're like, what? Yeah, it is. I was just <laughs> thinking that. Or, or right away, it's this is too tight and it's off sort of thing. Um, so we really, we do fit people and it's not, we're not shoe fetching or shoe fitting. And a lot of people will be like, these are the ones. And then they're like, what What am I even wearing? What's the brand or what is the name or what is the price sort of thing? Because um, we try to make that whole process based on needs and, and everything, not just what color do you want? Because as soon as I'm trying to chase the commodity game and have the just the coolest color and it's going to sell because I display it the best, I'm going to lose every time. Yeah. Or I, I don't have the SEO budget to get all the way up to the top sort of thing. There's way too many other players. Um, and so, so yeah, service is, is king and, and we live and die by it. And we'll, we'll, as soon as we have poor service, we'll die pretty quickly. Um, which for- speaking of which kind of like, I, I was pretty pleased to read uh, about a week ago. I think MEC is known for like service, right? Is service yeah. and you go there and I think, I read that they, on $450 million in revenue, they lost 11 or 12 mil because they deviated. They went, their MEC brand stuff got cheaper. They expanded, they got into categories that they don't, they shouldn't be in Mm -hmm. and tried to sell a lot of stuff and not service a lot of stuff. And they're hurting for it. Hiring people who have no idea what's going on. Hiring people who have no idea. Like I remember my first time I went to MEC, it was like, wow, that guy's amazing. He he sold me a pack that I went traveling with. And he pointed out three different ones because I'm taller. He he got me the long one and then he adjusted it, fit me perfectly. And I was like, this is awesome. Mm. And then the other day or a couple months ago, I went to get some camping gear and it was just like, holy sort of thing. And not to pick on a a brand or a store or anything like that, me being so anti-big box, I take a little bit of a win or pride <laughs> on that. But but it is, it's as soon as you deviate from like that core value or the core value proposition that you're offering, you're you're going to lose so quickly sort of thing. But it's tempting to have like the sickest Nike on the wall that looks cool. And, and that sure some of like at a time 
when I was younger, my friends would be like, oh, do you have those ones or do you? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't. Or yeah, I do, but nobody buys them off me because that's not the person who's coming into the store who I can market myself to sort of thing. Yeah. Um, our stuff's cool though. Like, cause the products are cool. <laughs> You're not a loser if you buy it. But um, the first time I came into your yeah. store, do you remember how many shoes I tried on? Yeah, you, which so, is standard though. Like we, I didn't know are, what to expect at all. Yeah. And because literally I'd only bought running. I didn't even like running at the beginning, like mm-hmm. four, three years ago, whenever I bought the first pair of shoes from you. I didn't even like running. And so I go in there and I don't know, my, most of my shoe purchases have been from like Foot Locker or yeah. Sport Check or whatever. Yeah. And I'm going there and you're like, just sit down. I'm like, all right, this sounds pretty good. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah, yeah. And you bring out like four or five pairs of shoes. You already asked what size I was. Yeah. And he brings out four or five pairs of shoes and he puts a couple on me and watches me walk up and down the store. Yeah. He's like, all right, well, you're, he's using words I've never heard of before. He's like, oh, well, your knee is pronating a little bit. Supinating. Yeah, that's not bad. Hey, yeah. supination. Yeah. 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 Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's try these ones. They have a little bit more support. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I didn't even know that shoes actually have more support or less support. I just thought it was like, here's a Nike shoe. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Or you get these bullshit orthotics that I got 12 years ago in university that were just like a piece of wood that went underneath my foot. Yeah. It felt like shit. Yeah. Anyway, I think I tried on 11 or 12 pairs yeah. of shoes that day. Sounds all right. Yeah, yeah. And then the last time, so now I've maybe had like four or five pairs of running shoes from you. Yeah. The last time I come in, you're like, well, how are your knees feeling? The reason I went to Evan is because I was having knee pain while running and I wanted to get back into shape. Yeah. So he's like, how are your knees feeling? And I say, well, I haven't really had any knee pain at all in the last couple of years. They're all right. Well, let's try to go down a little bit on supports to build up your muscles rather than relying on the shoe. Yeah. So it's just, it was just like a totally, completely different retail experience. Than just I've super, ever super custom. Been from before. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Cause again, I, th- I think you can get a lot of other stuff elsewhere and you've, you've got to be different, but it, it's also like fun. It's a case study. It's a problem totally. solving. It's like, okay, where are you now? Where do you want to be? How do we get you there? Mm-hmm. Is it right away? Is it one shoe? Um, and yeah, people all the time are like, oh, sorry, I'm wasting your time. Like, this is too much. And it's like, no, this is every, like most fits take half an hour or an hour. People almost feel guilty. Eh? They do. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh no, I won't waste your time. And it's like, no, this is kind of why we're here. <laughs> like, this is what, what, what we're here for. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, yeah, which is fun and rewarding and, and time consuming for sure. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I, I, it's, yeah, it's working and it's a lot of fun. It's been good. That's the long-term thing though. Cause people keep coming back. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm never going to buy running shoes off mm-hmm. of online stores because of how good the service is sure. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing as like real estate for us that I could sell someone into a condo tomorrow, but if it's not the right fit for them, they're never going to use me ever again. Exactly. Right? Whereas if I take the six months and show them 30 places or whatever, yeah. or fit them in 12 different pairs of shoes and yeah. take 45 minutes to fit them. Yeah. They're going to be super pumped and come back and tell their friends about it. Yeah. And, and we see, we'll see and like have to fix stuff, like trying to just like wedge people into a shoe or, or yeah, sell them something. Hey, maybe we're missing a width or a size or the color. And it's like, oh, this one, I think it does fit. And then sure enough, two weeks later, it comes back half worn. We have to defective it and get it right. Or, or that person maybe never comes back and we don't know it sort of thing. But right trying to get the payoff of like, or get that sale right then and there, unless it is perfect, it's, it usually comes back and bites you in the ass. And it's super tempting to like, 
say a bunch of fancy words and convince the person that it's the right fit <laughs> or whatever, the right one for them, just because yeah. it's the one you have. Um, but yeah, that's it's short term and and loses pretty much every time, pretty much every time for sure, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot more we could talk about, but I think uh, should we wrap up? I'm closing it on two hours. Jesus, really? You want to set the record? What's the record? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it goes by so fast, eh? Yeah, it does for sure. Podcast is yeah, fast. it's easy. Yeah, I could talk to you about some A forty. Yeah, I could talk to you about recovery. Yeah, uh, there's so many more things than just like the behind the scenes of the business and yeah. like how you prospected early on. Yeah. And like, I know you, I don't know if it was like every Wednesday or like one morning a week, you would go to a bunch of different doctor's yeah. offices and just yeah. be like, Hey, we want to help people that are recovering wow. from injuries. Yeah, send them to our that. office or yeah. send them to our store. We'd yeah. have to fit them into shoes, whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Such good ideas though. Yeah. The, and it's, um, but same thing. Like, I don't know. It's, you always feel like you're not doing enough or you should be doing more or, Others are doing 10 times more and stuff like that. And then every once in a while you get like a check where it's like, oh, okay, we're doing something right here or or over there they're hurting or boy, that was a terrible idea by them or, or whichever. And it kind of gives you that little boost of confidence, but it's, that's the, that's the one thing with like being self-employed or working for yourself is there's no, there's no, like, it's all, it's all you sort of thing. There's no, um, I don't know. There's no, you can't just look at your coworker and roll your eyes about it's a slow day or, or whatever. And Mm -hmm. good luck to whoever it's, it's you. And, and so a slow day just goes right onto your mind or onto your, so I've definitely battled on Mm -hmm. trying to, to not let like the highs get too high or the lows get too low. Cause it, it, it'll wipe you out or it'll ruin your home life and everything so quickly. You can absolutely drive yourself crazy. And the crazy thing about like running a business or working for yourself is just, there's always more you can do, right? Exactly. Like I go home at the end of the day. It's not because the work's done. (laughs) It's not like, it's like, all right, well, I wonder what tomorrow will bring. It's like, there's 50 other things that I could or continue could, should continue to be doing, but I just like, you eventually got to stop working or you got to, yeah, got a loving wife at home and all that sort of thing. So when I started, uh, I would look at other realtors teams and be like, Oh my God, they're selling a hundred homes a year. Like that's fucking crazy. How do I get to that? Or yeah. what is like, I want to be them. Yeah, yeah. And now it's more like, there's lots of, not lots, but there's some teams in greater Vancouver that sell more real estate than us. Yeah. And it's more looking at them and be like, what are they doing? Well, right. I don't want to be them. I don't want to, I don't want to change our culture. I don't want to, be a different personality than I am. Right. What are they doing well? And what can we, how can we shift that into working for us kind of thing? So like picking out with Ty, like different little video marketing ideas that he's doing really well that we could put our own little spin on and could work for us. For sure. So it's always like, it's this, you're never, never, never perfect, but always like chasing growth and how do we get better? I think that's part of it too, is maybe where, um, where my like sort of anti-feeling it's not anti-feeling but is and maybe you see the stats i don't know how real estate works where you just see the board and who did sell what and it's all just exposed but i think a lot of those sorts of things um aren't what they seem sort of thing like it's not all gravy over there and you kind of get yourself down just because they have a cool camera or Mm -hmm. um or are posting a million times and it makes it look like everything's happening and crazy. It's like actually 
they're half of what we are or less than or that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, Real estate's weird because they... It's literally You just, get judged or you get ranked in Greater Vancouver Real Estate yeah. Board based on how many units you sell. Right. So like a $200,000 condo, which whatever, maybe is in Chilliwack now, versus a $7 million home in Vancouver counts as one. Right. So someone who sells like 30 homes in West Vancouver that has an average price point of $4 million yeah. probably wakes, makes way more than someone who sells in the burbs that sells 100 condos. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you, but you see it by unit, like it's all ranked. Units. That's so weird. It's like, yeah. So that's what I like. Don't love about say sport or like CrossFit is like the gym. I've yeah. never done a CrossFit workout, but don't they literally <laughs> like rank you? And like, I don't get that. I, I guess running is like, what's your time? But that's not even a bunch of crazy. spin class studios have like yeah, a little like character up, the screen, up there, right? and yeah. so you're on bike number twenty two or whatever. Yeah. And you're, it's showing how fast you're pedaling and how, how far you're going compared to everyone else. It's yeah. like those horse games of the PE, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is. Yeah. Do you think do you think that's destructive or do you think that's motivating? It can be both. I yeah. think it's the same yeah. when when you're looking at Depends. social media as positive, negative. Yeah. I think you can look at it both ways. I think yeah. some people are affected by that and being like, "Why am I coming to this? I'm just being put down. Mm-hmm. I'm in last place, yeah. or I'm not even close to winning. I'm never going to win." Yeah. There's this girl next to me who's been cycling for 15 years who literally is an olympic athlete like how am i ever going to beat her or yeah. whatever versus the other i there's other people that maybe grew up with athletics that think it's motivating like I'm look like, how okay, well i'm doing with I this 12 com- today athlete. how right. can i finish 11th tomorrow right and keep I, getting better for me for sure like in our run clinics it would be we wouldn't survive if if i posted times or like mm. even finishing times of runs or anything like or high-fived only the first half of the people who came in after the run and it was like, all right, you didn't get in the first next next week maybe sort of thing. Like we yeah. would be dead if there was any sort of comp competition vibe, it it wouldn't work for our vibe. It, maybe because that's just me, but um but I hear so many other clinics or groups or run groups where it's like, yeah, those it I felt like I went back to high school. Like it it was judge and it was all about how fast you are and all these people they look like they're having fun but no they're just talking about what did you run and what did i run and this paranoia and and everything where they're not mm-hmm. even enjoying necessarily enjoying themselves it feels like whereas yeah. um but yeah everybody's different but i think particularly in that welcoming fitness space it's got to be none of that just being like every run clinic we start with i start with giving everybody a round of applause for being here like that's a win you showed up that's it 100 percent. if that's if you're we ask for everybody's goal when they sign up for the clinic if you're my favorite goal that people set or write is like i just want to be it's a 12-week clinic i want to be here for all 12 sundays sort of thing and that's my favorite goal to hear Mm -hmm. and then when people do it it's like that's such a win and just showing up is same thing like i started saying about the marathon is like you lay out the plan all you have to do is show up and do it sort of thing you'll get there even like relaying that to business i think that mindset of like what was your time oh yeah i beat you by three seconds it's just so cancerous yeah you're always gonna lose long term you're always gonna lose if you're so concerned about what uh the next realtor is doing the next shoe store is doing you're just gonna like you're gonna get so far away from who you are and your brand and what you want to do exactly it's i think it's losing formula yeah uh with fitness yeah <laughs> this is so it's not easy to get out of bed and actually go to the gym yeah. or go get get running or whatever and 
I think this in my head every day. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I like, this sucks. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And as soon as I start get going, yeah. getting going, I'm like, all right, this is, this is awesome. And, and when you're done, you feel so much better than you did or you would if you didn't work out that yeah. day. Yeah. And Joe Rogan said something on a podcast recently. And he said, I work out like five or six days a week. Like obviously he's in really good shape. Mm -hmm. He's like, at least, I'm not joking. At least 80% of the time, I don't want to work out. I don't, I wake up, I don't want to work out. As soon as I start, I love it. Yeah. And he's like, 100% of the time, I have never finished a workout and said, I wish I didn't do that. He's yeah. never, ever regretted it. Yeah. Ever. You always yeah, yeah. feel better. Huh? Yeah. You should see like people when they finish the run on Sundays, it's like, the runner's high. People yeah. are just riding <laughs> this weird, you'll talk to them in the morning, like, how's it going? It's like, yeah, I'm all right. And, it, and then you go on with the rest of your day feeling fucking amazing. It's right? so much better. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. It, it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be like 15 minutes or it can be a long run or whatever. But yeah, when you come back, it's it's a pretty, it's pretty hilarious to see how, how different people are, are. Like you can't regret re regret that ever. For sure. Can you think of anything else in your life that is similar to that? Whereas like, it's difficult to do, but as soon as it's done, you feel so much better. There's like, my parents always talk about, I went to like growing up, I was in beavers and I was like the kid who would kick and like, scream. It's like scouts. And, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick and scream to get to, uh, to get me there. Yeah. And then once I was there, I'd like, they pick me up and I'd be like, it was the best ever. So <laughs> always. always sort of thing. Even like basketball practice, like I fucking hated it. And we had to, as you got older, you had to wait longer after school before practice started. Yeah. It was like the worst thing. But then coming off practice, bantering with the fellas and it's like the best thing ever. And you go home and you eat and it's, you talk to dad about practice and that sort of thing. And it was, it was the best sort of thing. But that's interesting. Cause I didn't always feel like that after practices. No. No, you... obviously there's some days that are harder than others. And for me, um, there was this thing called center for performance, which was like, I don't know. It was like basically like provincial team kids that had every weekend from, I think September to, to November. And then like after the season, like March to July or something okay, like that, okay. you just get together on the weekend. At, I think it was, at, it was like Saturday, Sundays, four hours each. Yeah. No, it was long. It was like nine to four. It like was, it was almost a full day each day. Mm -hmm. And it was grade nine, 10, 11, 12. Grade nine and 10, I absolutely hated going. Right. Every day I hated going. And I didn't even feel that good afterwards. It was just like you go there and get beat up because yeah. you're playing against grade Guys 12 Guys are kids. so good. Like yeah. I'm playing against Terrell right. Mara. Right. I'm like five foot eight in grade nine, yeah. 140 pounds. And I'm playing against Terrell Mara, who's six six two forty. 240. Yeah. Just getting bulldozed all the, it wasn't fun. Yeah. And I never, I didn't feel really very good after that. Right. But for some reason, fitness is different for me now. Right. I never feel bad about working out or mm -hmm. going to the gym unless I hurt myself, which has happened a few times. Yeah. <laughs> Just like pulling a weird muscle or something yeah. while working yeah. out. Yeah. But I never feel bad. And I don't know anything else that's like that. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I, I think anything that we have angst about doing or not doing mm -hmm. for me, like, calling that customer with bad news that I can't get them what they wanted or that in some ways like we've let them down sort of thing feels I'll try to put that off or delay delay but once you do it it's the payoff of like getting it done so just the release of having it off your shoulders maybe I think that's what it is but for some reason after a run or whatever every day I just feel like 
energized and accomplished almost. Yeah. Whereas, sure, you can tackle business tasks, maybe something that was you're really nervous about, Lingering. or like public speaking. Yeah. Going in really nervous. But afterwards, I almost like dissect it, right? Right, right. And like, oh, I kind of stuttered there. I right. should have uh, presented this point a different way. Right. Whereas like running, I'm just like, it's done. I feel great. Uh, I got my stretch in. I'm showered. Yeah. I'm super ready to go for the rest of yeah. the day. I'm yeah. not like, oh, I made three missteps there and had no. a shit time. No, exactly. But didn't you feel pretty good after that event? Yeah. After giving the speech, you like, hundred percent, you're high and stuff, feeling 100%. good? 100%. Yeah. But at the same time, on the way home, I was thinking about- how what I wanted to say, did it really get across? I didn't really explain this point as well as I wrote my notes going in type of thing. Mm -hmm, right. So I was almost, I was dissecting it. I was like reviewing myself. Right. Whereas like after a run, I'm never reviewing myself. No. Yeah. You're not making sure your gate's correct. <laughs> no, because I don't care. For me yeah, personally, no, yeah. I don't care about the time. Yeah. If I run 6K in 27 minutes one day and then awesome. 35 the next, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't sure. really matter. For sure. And I don't know, like it's... um. I'll even feel sharper on the morning that I do get a run in. Like I don't, like I'm for sure. I'm better sort of thing. For sure. Um, there's something there. There's something chemically that, that changes for sure. I don't know what it is. I've heard the word endorphins. Yeah, I've heard that word before too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, it's that. I don't know. It could be. It could be. Okay. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, man. That yeah. was a lot of fun. I feel like there's more that we could talk about though. 100%. So, Recovery is a big one. Recovery, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's some, yeah. And Kyle wants to go. Yeah, let's, let's go. Get out of here. Whoa, I said uh, round two. Yeah, let's do round two. Come in. Perfect. New year. We got a lot of round twos for the new year, Carl. Perfect. We're building our database. Keep the work quick. coming. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sweet. Thanks, fellas. Guys, if you're into fitness, wanting to get into running, or you are a runner and need a better fit shoe for yourself. I know that was super corny, but actually go check out Fit First. They are located at the 40th Center, Eight Rinks. Uh, I don't know what street that is. Kensington. Kensington. Kensington and Sprott, call it. In North Burnaby. Go check them out. Say hi to Evan. Evan's the tall uh, white kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Idiot. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Get out of here. Yeah. Thanks, Carl.